Danny Blanco, my man, how you doing? <laughs> Guess who's in the building? That's right. That's right. We, we got a special guest in the building. I'm so excited. Woo! I, Randy, so, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to run down, run down the rundown. I mean, uh, where, where you go, where, how you want to go with this, Randy? Talk to me. I'm gonna start with saying that if you're watching this on YouTube, we got Eddie Curry in the building. Matter of fact. NBA world champion Eddie Curry. So you can't oh, forget man. that part. <laughs> Don't forget. Thank you. Um, Eddie Curry in the building at D Eddie Curry on IG. Of course, Denny Blanco on both IG and Twitter at Sir Denny Blanco. Me, Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, the letter J C R U Z on both IG and Twitter. Um, Eddie Curry in the building, as, as we mentioned. Uh, pleasure to have you on, my man. I know you're a very busy guy during this time. So um, how you been, man? It's been a while. Man, I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me first and foremost. But, I mean, I've been good, man. I can't complain, man. I'm just, you know, got a lot of kids. Along the way, I've made a lot of made a lot of little humans and, uh, <laughs> and uh, just taking care of them at this point. Nice, yes, nice. So the basis of this show is called The Retro Room, which we have also on BallsLife.com. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, also on YouTube dot com slash cruise control podcast so what we do in the retro room uh we bring people on we have we talk about their careers certain topics certain anniversaries and me and danny go down down the pipeline and just have fun with that so nothing really current unless it's about what you're doing now um so that's the basis of the retro room a show that we, we started about five years ago good feedback um, always, always good to talk about the what ifs and all that from back in the day and stuff like that. So I do want to start here with you right now. You are on the Players Tribune doing your own podcast with your wife called Caramel and Cheddar, correct? Correct. Caramel and Cheddar. All right. So <laughs> I, I want to start here. It's, it's weird because when you're in the NBA, you certain players don't like the media, the questions, and they want to get far, far away as possible from the media. But when you retire, right. somehow you get suckered back in into being on Fox and ESPN and TNT or doing your own podcast. So what made you start your own podcast with your wife? Man, like you said, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time even like right after I was done playing, just kind of taking a uh, taking a few steps back, trying to get as far away from the media as possible. Um, uh-huh. I, I guess just being in New York, man, it takes a toll on you. You know what I'm saying? When things don't turn out how everyone wants it to turn out, it's like, man, let me just get out the spotlight. Let me move to some obscure place in, in America and just uh, raise, raise the family. So, I mean, that's kind of what I was doing. Um, and then I just noticed that um, as, I, as I started to come back and, and started to want to put my hands into different things, um, it just it just makes a lot more it makes it a lot more easy to uh, to be to be seen. Um, so so yeah, man, you jump out there. A podcast is a great way to put things in your own words and to kind of create your own narratives and and kind of right. let people see you know uh, the 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 real the real you. You know, I mean, even now as I'm watching you guys do this, like I know Randy, I've been knowing you for so long, bro. I've never seen this this side of you. You know what I'm saying? So it's really cool. it's really cool. Even when I got on, I saw. Hairstyle, I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, Tinez would never approve of this, but you know what I'm saying? So, true, I'm able to, I'm able to see the real you, bro, and, and that's what it's all about, man. So, me and my wife, you know, we, we got the, the cool opportunity to do this, do this podcast with the Players Tribune, we call it uh, Carmel and Cheddar, and uh, it's really just a kind of a spin on us both being from, from Chicago, that being uh, the, the traditional Chicago popcorn mix is Carmel and Cheddar, mm. um. 
So, uh, and, and, and we just together, we watch movies and, and we kind of dive into them. We kind of pick three topics off of each movie and we dive into different topics and really make parallels with, within our relationship, things that we've gone through, um, how we would handle things, how we see things, different vantage points and stuff like that. And, it, and I really like it. It's coming across real well. I'm really proud of it. But yeah, that was that's pretty much it, man. Um, that's 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 what got us into the pot, the potting world. I know you said you've been doing it for five years, so we got to catch up with you. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just really cool, man. A really cool thing. Um, the, the the age that we're in now is just all about content. So if you can create your own content, man, you win it. Facts. And I think um, you know people like you were able to jump on it early. Um, I see it now, and I'm just trying to you know. Uh, mm. Carve out, carve out some property in that, in that, in that, in that world. You know, I hear that, Denny. It, yeah, the, uh, you mentioned your Randy. Randy, this is. I mean, you mentioned movies. You mentioned Randy. You've never seen this side before. Uh, no, this you. Let me introduce you. This is Randy's multiverse. Like this is his multiverse version. He's right. way more. He's way more feisty. Yeah, I see. Way more sarcastic. <laughs> see how you would never wear his hair like that. The regular yeah. Randy would never wear his hair like that. See how he's wearing his hair now. So you see yeah. the difference, right? Off rip. Okay. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. As soon as I clicked on, I saw it. I see the background. I see. I'm. I'm I get it. I get it. The name Caramel and Cheddar. Who came up with that name? Uh, we did. We can't. We, we we experimented with a lot of different names. Um, and so us along with the the Players Tribune came up with it. We knew it was. We was trying to look for a name that kind of because we knew we wanted it to kind of be around movies and things like that. So we started thinking popcorn. Then we got we started thinking about where we from. We from Chicago. She's from one side. I'm from another side. Carmel and Cheddar. And you know, next thing you know, we 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 Carmel and Cheddar, baby. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, just having you on, man, like you mentioned earlier, you haven't seen this side of me. So, so then the, the joke is he mentioned a guy named uh, Martinez. So if I was still working with the Knicks, my, my my hair had to be short, no facial hair. Yeah. And real crazy young. And then like that whole experience, you know, you know, Edgar Burgos, great friend of mine, put me on board in uh, 05, 06. And he's like, "Yo, do you want to work? Do you want to work with the Knicks?" I said, "Yo, shoot, let's go." But you got to cut your hair. My hair was way longer when. when oh, so when you had long hair before you got there. I had oh, a, I, I had the fucking Orlando Bloom ponytail going the, he on. He had the Antonio Bandana. <laughs> Antonio, huh? Okay. So Agus says, "Yo, I got you down. You hired, but the, you got to cut all your hair off." I'm like, "Damn, bro, do I want to <laughs> do this?" But I mean, you're working with the Knicks. Once in a lifetime opportunity, you network, you meet great people, and from that point on, people like Eddie Crawford, Nate Robinson, all been you know great to me. And I know what it, I know what it was back then, where you guys weren't winning, and, and the whole thing was negative, the whole vibe. But they don't know what really goes down in the yeah. locker room, and just that camaraderie that you guys built. So that's the shit that they they don't know about, and that's the that's the stuff I always keep, even 15 years later. That if I call you, if I text you, I know you, you know, you, you know, respond back to me. So it's always, always, always love. And I always appreciate that. I, you know, with you, I met, I saw Jamal Crawford in Seattle for his uh, crossover tournament. Mm. Went all the way out, out there. Nate Robinson, I just hit him up for his birthday uh, yesterday. So it's always love. So I, regardless, I always appreciate you coming on. Man, you know, that's the least we could do. Um, like you said, man, you had to go through a lot, you had to conform a lot. 
Um, a lot of it was 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 you guys just trying to fit into the whole professional thing, but a lot of it was really catering to us um, and really being there and providing for us. So we always appreciated that. I always mm-hmm. definitely appreciated that, man. So, I mean, anytime, you know, coming on your podcast, whatever, bro, you already know. You got me, bro. You got me in. I might gotcha. be fashionably late every now and then, but I'm going to hear that. Let me shift a little bit and ask a, ahead, a, a question. Uh, obviously, uh, you played in a different era. You played in an era where the bigs were bigging. Yeah, the big, <laughs> the bigs were bigging. They were, they were, they were running around and they were establishing position down low. And the, yeah. you know, if you're on the team, you know, you had a couple of years where it was a situation where your teammates had to throw that ball down there to you so right. you could go to work. Right. Now that you see the game now, talk to me a little bit how you uh, feel uh, about the game now and how it's evolved into a uh, shooting exhibition, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, I love it, honestly. Um, because, like, you got to realize, bro, like, w- everybody could shoot the ball. It was just like when the, when the, when the popcorn got the popping, though, you had a specific job to do, you know. And that was just kind of the thing, man. So, I mean, I was, I had the big body. I had the nice touch around the basket. So that was primarily my things. But, but like, you know, in the summertime, even growing up before I got to the league, like, I mean, everybody wanted to be Allen Iverson. Everybody wanted to shoot the Jordan fadeaway. You know, everybody wanted to shoot like, you know, Ray Allen or whoever, Reggie Miller. So, I mean, we all, you know, know how to shoot, you know, and even in, even in practice, it's not about like, Okay, the bigs are only gonna shoot hooks. Nah, we do everything. Even in NBA practice, whether or not we do it in the game, we still shooting threes, still shooting a ton of free throws, a ton of 15 footers, 17 footers, turnaround jumpers, pick and roll, pick and pop, all that type of stuff. So, I mean, to see the freedom that the guys are getting in the game now, it's incredible, man. I, re- I love it. I love it. Randy, he's jealous. Randy, you know how many, you know how many threes Eddie Curry hit in his career? Take your time now. <laughs> like made or attempted? I'm attempted and made in his career. <laughs> I just looked this up, guys. I just looked this up, and I may be I'm, wrong, but I'm, I think Eddie, I'll give you a hint. Okay. You can do it on one hand. Yeah. I'm going to say no, he, he made no more than five. Two for two. Two for two. <laughs> wow, 100%. Look at that. But it's, funny, but it's, funny, it's funny that that's, that's made me like the goat, like, 2K card. 100%. Like, dog. It's so 100%. crazy. Like, I, the, like 2K bred new life, bred, you know, breathe new life into mm. the whole Eddie Curry thing. I got all these young kids who only know me as the big dude that can shoot on 2K, which is cool. Right. <laughs> wow. Two for yeah. two. Dang, 100%. Two for two, um, 100%, baby. So, like, like, like Denny mentioned, you, you came in this era where it was more big man dominated, power forward, big man center. Um, growing up, who were some of the who were some of the bigs, the forwards and big and centers that you were looking at? Like, you know what? That's my favorite player, or slash, that's the guy I want to emulate my game after. Yeah. Um, for me, I wanted to be, man, I wanted to be Rasheed Wallace. I wanted to be him or Chris Weber. Like, those were my two favorite ever. Hmm. Um, because you know, Shaq was he was Shaq, but you just kind of felt like we could I, I just knew I would never be that. I would never yeah. be a guy that would be able to catch the ball on the block and then just turn around and just dunk it on somebody. Like, so growing up, I always felt like, man, I want to be a skilled big man. I want to do more than just I want to do more than just be able to catch the ball and shoot jump hooks and block shots and play defense. 
Um, so I felt like Rasheed Wallace and Chris Webber, man, those were those were two of my favorites ever. And, and, and you talk about two of the premier power forwards in the era where it was power forward dominated. Rasheed, it yeah. was Dirk, it was C. Webb, it was Duncan, it was Garnett. It was that that early 2000, mid 2000 era power forwards, man. I, I don't know if it's like that nowadays, but that was you're talking about a bunch of Hall of Famers right there. I was crazy. Then you had Amari coming after that, you know. You had Pau Gasol going crazy. Like, Zach Randolph was doing it under the rim, but was doing it in a way that mm. it would irritate you. You couldn't block it. <laughs> you couldn't stop him from getting double-digit rebounds. <clears throat> and you wasn't going to punk him. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? That was what that was a, definitely a cool time for the big, for sure. Yeah. Yo, yo Denny, Zach Randolph had like a two-inch vertical and caught every fucking rebound, bro. Yeah. Well, that's how well, that's why I tell young boys. Uh, I mean, I'll be laughing at young boys where I mean, you know, be play paying pickup once in a, once in the blue, and I'm the ball goes up, and the first thing I'm doing is grabbing them, and they laughing, and I'm just like, bro, it's about position. It's not about athleticism. Yeah. Yep. It's about position. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Mm. That's all about position. You you mentioned uh yeah Hall of Fame forwards and centers, and it was a time you know it was a time for bigs. Talk to me. A lot of people obviously you came out of high school. Okay. So it's a it's a different time, and you have to learn a game, learn how to be an adult, learn you you're you're taking on so much at a very 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 young age. Right. So you have to understand, and you know now you're playing basketball as a profession. So when I say that, I say that um you you know you had to learn on the fly and learn very quickly. Talk talk to me about the first time where you know maybe somebody that you played against. Was like you know. Let me let me put you on the game. Like I see maybe you you know what I mean you you may be going some places. Let me put you on the game. I'm I'm a I'm a beat you up. I'm a work on you, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna teach you at the same time. Talk to me about that. Were there any players like that that you ran you into like, in the NBA? Yes. Uh, maybe maybe uh maybe Charles Bar Charles Oakley. I would say I'd say Barkley, not Barkley. Charles Oakley. Charles uh, Oakley. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. The Bulls. The Bulls bought him in. I want to say my. My second year there, they brought in Charles Oakley, and um, he was absolutely all of – he's everything that you name. Um, so I think I think Oakley was that guy who grabbed me and was and, and really let me know why I was even there. Um, I was getting so caught up in the fact that I wasn't playing and just in – like you said, man, living in – I was born – not born. I was playing in the city where I was born, went to high school, became like a household name, and all of a sudden I'm right there and I'm playing for – the Chicago Bulls, you know, uh, not long after Jordan left. So you still had that mystique around the team, you know, being able to put that that same uniform on and walk the same halls and see mm -hmm. where the locker was and everything. And the same announcer, the same, you know, Benny the Bull, all of that. Like, like that means something to everybody in Chicago. So um, dealing with all of that and, and just the gravity of it, you know, it took somebody like Oak to be like, man, look, this is why you're here. This is why they got you. This is these are your responsibilities. So. Yeah, I think definitely um, Charles Oakley was that guy for me. Mm. So I know we we spoke off air about what you're doing now currently with some draftees, and you're, you're going out there talking to them, financial literacy, how to save money, how to invest. Um, we're in 2022 now, Ian. When you came out in in, uh, in, in um, out of high school in 2001, and you're looking back, what are some things that obviously the game is different? There's mm -hmm. media, better trainers, everything is right. everything is more pampered and prepared for the for the NBA athlete. What are some things that you feel like, damn, 
they got all that shit now, but I wish I had some of that when I was in the NBA. Give them the yeah. Thanos snap. <laughs> I think right, right. I think they aside got, from the money, aside from the bread, that's different. Nah, now. for sure. I think, I think, I think for the most part, man, guys are guys are awake, man. Guys are awake. They are. Um, I mean, I think it helps to have. I was telling somebody this the other day, like, man, it's crazy. When I was coming up, we didn't have like auto bill pay. We didn't have like Zelle and Cash App. Like, so it was almost necessary to get a financial advisor. You know, you, right. Because otherwise you would go, you go, you had to go in a bank and initiate a wire and all this other type of stuff. And you know, um, now guys can literally pay all of their bills. They can do everything on their own. So it's, you know, you 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 end up looking at your your financial guy like, hmm, you know, what what do I need you for? I mean, as long as I got somebody handling my investments and this and that, I don't need right. to pay this guy. You know, what I'm saying twenty, thirty thousand, you know, a month or ten thousand a month just to pay my bills, just to pay my light bill and pay my car notes, and I could just do that. That could be all auto pay. You know what I'm saying? So um, guys are aware of that now. I think I think before we didn't have those tools. So unless you had some sort of financial background, that wasn't even like balancing a checkbook. That wasn't even something that you would even consider. And I think so. I think just those tools alone and then having the success stories, having the examples of guys, um, how your entourage is supposed to be, how, you you know, LeBron's guys and how everyone makes each other better. And, you know, how mm. everyone's pushing for the common goal, but at the same time, building their own at the same time. I think that's something that we had to figure out, man. Coming up, we just thought it was about having familiar people around you. We didn't really know that it was supposed to really be us building each other and us treating me as the corporation. You know, it wasn't a lot of jealousy going on, but at the same time, it was still a lot of concentration on my part to try to make sure everybody felt like they belonged here. And it should have been like, you know, making somebody earn their position to be here, and you know, try to bring something to the table. Mm. I think guys like LeBron um, really showed us, like showed us the way. And I think that a lot of guys are taking those examples right now. Nice. I want to I want to take a minute to applaud you. Um applaud where you are, where you came from. Uh, people who watch this got to understand and we got to do this more. I'm, I'm going to try and do this more Randy when we when we get involved. Just remind me of the time this, you know, this happens. Uh, no, say, hey, yeah, Danny, do your thing. Remember what we always got to make sure we we show the flowers to our uh to the players that come on here or the you know, folks the guests that come on here that you, know, you see their progression see where they come from guys chicago is not the easiest place to make it out of okay you may think so some right. of you may but it's not okay chicago illinois to to be the man in chicago then in high school then go into the nba and then have to have a city on your back the pressures i couldn't even imagine that you had to deal with so i applaud you for all that you've done for all that you've made yourself to be your family your six Kids growing healthy, eating kids. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I that and uh, you know, I thank you for that. But let's say uh, we give you a Thanos snap and you turn the hands of time. You know what? No, we don't want to do the Marvel Thanos snap. We want to do a Doctor Strange multiverse, okay? Because okay. I want to see Eddie. I want to see Eddie go back to the high school Eddie Curry. Okay. Right. So you're tapping him on the shoulder. He's looking at you kind of weird. Cause he doesn't know what you. He, he's right. like, you look like me, right? But you're not me. <laughs> what would you say now? If you only have maybe thirty seconds, I'm gonna give you some time. You're gonna have thirty seconds to speak to your old self, so you, you have some time. 
before you got to go back. What right. important things would you say to him in 30 seconds? Hmm. I would tell him to, uh, man, keep your focus on basketball. Um, let you, you hiring people around you to handle things off the court. Let them let everybody do their job and you keep your focus on basketball. That's what I would tell them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a great fucking answer. Um, yeah. focus on your craft, focus <laughs> yeah. on your craft, and everything will fall into place. And then, I mean, I've, I obviously that would be a, a great, mm. a great, uh, great information to give to any, any of these young, young gentlemen that are coming up, uh, trying to make it into the NBA and, and they're going through the NBA draft right now as we speak. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, they're going to be looking at folks, telling them this, telling them that. And, you know, you're, you're selling them one thing that they can control, control the controllables. Some people say, yeah. You're controlling what you can control. So that's dope. Yep. So Denny mentioned high school, Chicago. Um, part one, if you would have went to college, what were the top three choices you would have picked from? Good question, Randy. Good question. Good question, so, Randy. Yeah, I I, uh, I committed to, to DePaul. Um, that was mm. where I was committed to go. Okay. Um, but at that point, I knew I wasn't going to college, though. Um, so that Why? that really came more of a, you know, um, had a conversation with some uh, really close people in my life at the time, and and um, we sat down and talked to uh, Pat Kennedy, who was coaching DePaul, and I felt like you know if I could try to help the program by bringing a light to the program just by me committing there, you know maybe I can get some more recruits to come there, and it could you know uh, we could have a really dope team there in the city. So that was really what that was about. If I was really, I really wanted to go to um, to uh, Cincinnati. I always loved Cincinnati. Growing up, I Bearcats. loved just the Bearcats. I loved it. I loved, nice. I loved Kmart, Melvin Levitt. Like those, I used to love those teams, bro. So yep. I loved the uniforms. I loved everything about Cincinnati. So that's why I really wanted to go. My yeah. dad was like, he was like, man, it's just a bunch of knuckleheads that go there. Like, my dad was really like, nah, you ain't going to Cincinnati. So, like, I didn't even take a visit to Cincinnati. I think the only place I took a visit to was Illinois, uh, U of I. Um, and and it really it really is because my dad just loved Bill Self. So, I really yeah. – I, I went down to U of I. I knew, I knew it wasn't for me, though. <laughs> I knew college was not <laughs> See what happened was, see Eddie, they didn't they didn't offer you the a name and image and likeness deal that they have now. You know, to, now that would have uh, been different. That would have been a little bit different, you know. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's what I mentioned. That's what I meant earlier. Nowadays, you can you can actually get paid from NCAA of your image and likeness. Back back then, they weren't having that shit. And I mean, these kids ain't even waiting until college. They're getting paid now. I of see course. some dudes. I'm watching some dudes now like, jeez. Eddie, yeah. as they should. Eddie, as they should. Quite frankly, yeah. if, I, if, I, if I could take about five to ten seconds to talk about this. Go ahead, Quite go frankly, ahead. As they should because, uh, let, let's be clear, there could be college reparations given out, okay? I mean, if you want to be really honest, I mean, how much you think, um, excuse me, just real quick, how much you think uh, the Fab Five made Michigan? Oh, man, something crazy. How much you think, how much you think Reggie Bush's jersey sold at USC? You're right. Huh? Huh? Right. Talk Crazy to me. Bread. Talk to me. <laughs> they owe these young men at the no, they old men now, but they owe these men money. So these mm. young men that are able to take advantage of this, this, these deals now, and it's open <clears> up. They deserve every penny and then some off their likeness. Yeah, I agree. 
I just hope that they got like uh, lawyers looking at these contracts because oh, I'm I sure, I'm they sure, get sure get a piece. Of, they're getting the type of money that uh, they're gonna be attached to some people for a long time. Oh yeah, no, they go to two, two or three. Easy. <laughs> Agent, manager, lawyer, easy money. Yeah. That's it's free. Yeah, free right. Man. right. Yeah, man. So like uh, even I mean, even during the time, right? so even huh? during the. Yeah, even during the time you think about DePaul, Illinois, Cincinnati, um, I know there's probably uh, a plethora more, but, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Chicago native, your boy right. Q Rich went to DePaul. Are you, is anybody speaking to, these, you know, these guys on your behalf or even yourself to say, hey, man, what should I do? How is the NBA lifestyle from Chicago? Those, those are Chicago natives, so. For sure. I mean, I think, uh, like, I wanted to go to high school with Q. Like that was the thing. Like Q was always like a like a I always idolized Q and D Wade and them dudes. So um I always wanted to go to high school with him when he went to Whitney Young. That's where I wanted to go. My dad mm-hmm. wanted to go. And then when he went to DePaul, um I, I wanted to play, I wanted to go to DePaul and play with him and Bobby and Lance Williams and all of them dudes too. All all those are my homies. But um he left. So you know, once he left, and then I think by my junior year, it was just obvious I wasn't going to the to college, bro. Like it was just, uh-huh. this wasn't even like, you know what I mean? It was one of those things where it was just like, let me just not get in any trouble. Let me just graduate. Like it was kind of crazy. Like I can remember like my last probably like three or four weeks in school, like my, my, um, my head coach taught a, he taught a, um, what was his class? I'm trying to think of what to call this class, man. Physical education. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't physical education. It was really like a, um, it was like it was like a class for people who. What'd you do in there? I'll like tell you uh, I'm trying to think out. of a respectful way. I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Attention. But like mentally, like you know what I mean. Oh, like, okay, 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 okay. I feel you. I feel so he, you. He, he, would, he would be in there with those type of kids. Like that was his class, though. So he mm-hmm. literally had me in there the last four weeks because he's like, I can't let nothing. I can't let nothing happen. You know, I got to make sure that you get out of here and you don't. And I know. Like my my friends and the whole school would just be coming by, just visiting the class, knocking on the door. I couldn't go to lunch, couldn't couldn't go to anything. I just was in that class every single day. He's like, you did everything you were supposed to do, like books wise, but we just want to make sure we don't have anything. Because at that point, I mean, you know, it was it was NBA scouts coming to my school every day. It was you know colleges calling just in case, just to see what mm-hmm. kind of it was. It was so much going on every single day. Reporters, it was people camping out. It was people just trying to get. It was. It was. It was. It was crazy, bro. So we knew I wasn't going to um, to college at that point. So it was like it, it was really just more about just getting getting to the stage, getting getting to the draft. Nice, Danny. Do you have? You mentioned six beautiful children. Um, you know, no relation. I, I assume there's no relation to the other Curries. <laughs> what yeah. I thought I was the only Curry in the league. No. No I relation to the other I don't think so. But you know, you never know, man. Honestly. Okay. Down the line, maybe a third, third, third relation yeah. Curry. Do you I've have never a- done I've never done a little the DNA test? DNA. I've never I've never really talked to uh to Dale Curry much. So I can't, you know, I can't really say. Do you have in your home, you know, obviously Dale uh got Steph and then Seth Curry. Do mm. you have a little, little uh, Eddie Curry maybe in the in the midst, male or female that that that's playing basketball? Talk to us. Do you have anybody um, that's even interested in some basketball? My my sixteen year old hoops right now. Uh, okay. He's he, he's pretty good. 
Nice. Um, What's his stats? Six, six, six foot seven. S- nah, slender. He six, seven. He about six four. Okay. But he's okay. A, but he's a, he's a, he's a good athlete, good hooper. He's a nice hooper. He's real nice, <clears throat> and he wants Uh-oh. it. He works. He really works at it. But my kids do a lot of other stuff. I got a rapper. I got uh, I got all t- I got all type of. Well, one's one of them's gonna hit. No, one, of, one of them definitely one or two, three or four. We just you know, we can all they can all be special in their own way. There you um, go. You know, I don't there really you force the 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 basketball on them. You know, I know what it really takes to do it at that level. You know, I know the sacrifice it takes, the the birthdays missed, the you know hanging out with your friends. You got to miss all of that. So. I mean, if they mm-hmm. will, if they want to walk that walk, you know, I'm definitely willing to help them. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to push that on them, you know. Awesome. Mm. So you came out in the 01 draft, a very important draft. Um, so, Danny, you might remember, you might not. But I will. Three of the top five picks were out of high school, including it the was going number, out one, number one overall pick, Kwame Brown. Mm-hmm. Kwame Brown, we know about him. So uh, Kwame is one, Chandler is three, two. Curry is f- two, two. Hold up, that fuck up. Look at two. That. Damn, Pagasol went third. Pagasol you know. went three, and, and then Curry me. four, and Jay Rich went five. Jason Richardson five. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nobody needed a guard until five. <laughs> Let me see what Shane Battier went six. Shane. Eddie Griffin seven. R.P. Eddie Griffin, my boy. Forget about Eddie. Wow. Joe Johnson, 10. Joe Johnson. Richard Jefferson, 13. R.J. Zebo was uh, 19. 19, okay. Uh, Brendan Haywood, 20. Gerald Wallace, 25. Gerald Wallace, ooh. Beast. Sam Dallenbear, 26. Jamal Tinsley, 27. Tony Parker, 28. TP, yep. Gilbert Arenas, 31. Gilbert Love, that the, <laughs> Gilbert Arenas loved, <laughs> loved where he was drafted. <laughs> Man, right? They draft me there every time. I'm right? Coming uh, after you. <laughs> who else? We got Omar Cook, 32. Earl Watson, 40. Bobby oh, wow. Simmons, 42. Yeah. Remember Bobby Simmons? Bobby Simmons yeah, came out of my draft. I didn't even know 42 that. Forty-two from the poll. Forty-two. Know that. Um, Kenny Kenny Satterfield, fifty-four, Cincinnati. Yep. So, I say it's important because you know if I'm wrong, tell me. But you know, having a high school athlete come into the NBA as the number one overall pick was kind of groundbreaking because obviously we've seen Kobe do it, but he wasn't number one. Garnett did it; he wasn't number one. But now this Kwame Brown guy that I didn't really know at the time myself is coming out. He's number one. And you and Chandler are in the top five uh, getting drafted out of high school. Like, talk to me how did you think you were going top five, the call you get from Chicago, and the fact that you and Chandler ended up on the same roster somehow, some way. I think they traded for him, right? Yeah, they traded, traded Elton Brand. Elton Draft Brand. Right. Draft wow. No, I mean, I knew I was going. Uh, <laughs> I knew I was going top five. Like that wasn't even a question. Like it was crazy. Like we all knew. Like we all knew we were going top five. It was just really all about who was MJ going to take. Because um, we, I know me and Kwame. I worked out for who did I work out for? I worked out for the Bulls. I worked out for. I worked out for them <laughs> twice. I worked out for. The Wizards and I worked out for Atlanta Hawks, I think. Yeah, Atlanta Hawks. 
Um, and it was crazy because <laughs> I remember working out with Atlanta and we had to do this like we had to do like this um this classroom part, right? Where we had to go in the classroom and they made us take a real test, bro. And I was like, man, what kind of crap is this, bro? So I'm, <laughs> so I'm sitting next to Shane Battier. It was me, Shane Battier, Lauren Woods from uh Arizona, and somebody else. And I'm sitting here, bro, and I'm looking at I'm looking at Shane paper, like, damn, let me see. And that and his ass gonna see so gonna say, Jesus Christ, Eddie, this is he said, this is, this is <laughs> what did he say? This is grade school math, like. Like he fronted me so crazy loud, bro. Like all the coaches and everything, bro. I'm like, bro, I always hated him. Ever since then, I always hated Shane. I'm like, bro, you bogus, bro. He's like he's so loud with like Jesus Christ, Eddie. This is this is grade school math. Like I'm Petty. like, bro. And it wasn't grade school math, like, bro, they was asking some crazy. I'm like, bro, it's no way I'm gonna finish this. Like, wait, wait, wait. And that's what's funny to me when you mentioned that. Sorry, sorry, Randy. That's what's funny to me, bro. Okay. You talking about shit? Oh yeah, yeah. You talking about oh, it's it's grade school, man, bro. You what you do? Who gives a crap? What you, do? you know what I'm saying? What and it's do? funny because because when I went to Miami though, late like later on in my career, right? I go to Miami. Of course, Shane Battier is there. I had to tell him about it too. Like Shane, do you remember, bro? I was like, bro, you realize I hated you for oh, I've been hating you for a decade because of that, bro. Like we, <laughs> we had a laugh about it. it was funny. At the time, though, I was so mad, bro, because mm-hmm. Shane was one of those guys that was real vocal at the time, just about like you know all all of the fanfare around the high school kids and this and that, and them going too high and all that. So, you know, he was one of those you know four years at Duke, and you know he felt like that was the the road to go, that was his path, and you know he felt like you know it should have been a little bit more um, attention to that. And I, and I get it, man. Like Shane's an incredible person, incredibly smart. And uh, yeah, man, I'm sure he saw that uh, trigonometry as basic math for sure. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, nah, like you said though, no, nah, we uh, I knew I was gonna go in the top five. Um, we just didn't know who who MJ was gonna pick until the draft because he they were really like kind of close, close lipped about it. I knew it was gonna probably be me or um, it was gonna be me or Kwame because we had to do a second workout with them. Um, mm. And when I came in for that second time, it was supposed to have been just be me by myself, but they bought in Kwame and they bought in another guy, this uh, guy named Uzman Cisse. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, remember him, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was us. And he actually was coming off of a ACL injury, so he like he really couldn't even do the workout, really. So it was really just me and Kwame going at it the whole time. Now, now, now listen, just imagine if you had played, um, I got drafted. So by this time, nobody knew Jordan was coming back. He never said nah. shit. Yeah, no, until like a month or two later, then you could have been with Washington and got a chance to play with Jordan. Look at that, that would have been crazy. But you know, I I played with him a lot in the summertime, like because we used to always work. I've been working out with MJ at that point since I was a junior in high school. So I, I, like, I was, I knew him, I was familiar with him. I was, I was, I had his trainer, like me and Tim Grover. Tim Grover was my trainer ever since my junior year in high school. So look, look how he, like, look how he just says that, Randy. Look, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hey, 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 hey. Name stop. drop, look, Tim look. Grover. Yeah, yeah Tim no, Grover. no name drop. That's 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 like really like like I for real call I call him dad though. Like you know, what I'm saying he called look, me look, look. like like for real, for real. Like me and TG, like that's my guy, bro. Tim Grover. Uh, who would who, who? Okay, the guys know Chris Brinkley. Chris Brinkley, right? Guys know yeah, Chris Brinkley, yeah. who's the current guy, the current guy who trains. Guys, Tim Grover was Chris Brinkley at one point, right? Yeah. Would you say mm-hmm. like so? So for him to be like, yeah, that was Daddy. That was my pops, <laughs> like, bro. That's, exactly. TG, that's, TG that's know awesome. what's up. Me and TG talk all the time, bro. Tim Grover, shout out Tim Grover. No, like wait, he, 
he really kind of like pioneered this whole like athletes having their own trainer. Like, cause up until then, everyone really just went to the facility and they worked out. Like that was something totally new. So like, you don't get the, the, the Chris's and the, you know, all these other people that's doing it. It's really dope to see, you know, you got guys that are, that are able to go and chill out in LA and can get some good run all summer, get some good run in Atlanta, get some good run in uh, Houston, wherever Chicago, like it's really, it's, it's really dope, man. Mm-hmm. Were you ready to start about that? Were you intimidated? You mentioned so, so many name drops, and it's just like, nah, 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 nah. yeah, I just did this, right? Yeah, <laughs> you played against Michael Jordan, so you're in high school, first time, you're like, hey, Eddie, uh, we need you to come out here and play, play uh, a little pickup. And right. do you know it was Michael Jordan was going to be there? Talk to us about sure. that. Sure, yeah, everyone in Chicago knew where. Michael Jordan played like that was like everyone knew he was at hoops the gym like that was just everyone knew so like once I once I because I was William Wesley I, I know y'all know Wes right mm-hmm. so worldwide Wes Uncle Wes he's actually he the one who hooked up the whole Tim Grover thing I didn't know Tim until until Uncle Wes took me to Tim Grover so he took me down there he made the introduction and then he was he he had been my trainer ever since so um I mean. Wait, what was the question? Oh, my bad, bro. I'm tweaking. No, no, no. The question was, um, I was asking Jordan, seeing Jordan for the yeah, first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Like, did they call you? Did you know it was going to be them? Playing Jordan, you talk to me about yeah, that. Yeah, like, so, so yeah, like I said, I knew I knew he was going to be there. I knew that um, uh, Jordan was, I mean, he had a car. He, he had a million cars, bro. Every time you pull up to the gym, it would be, if you see Jumpman, if you see 23, like if you see the certain license plates, you just knew it was MJ. You know what I'm saying? And and in the summer, he always was working. He worked every single day. So you knew if you you know if you got if you got there, you know we hooped from a certain time to a certain time. You know we probably lifted weights for about an hour and a half before that. And MJ was going to be there for the whole process for sure. Did Jordan ever lose any any of those games? I mean, not many. I mean. He- <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, he probably won't admit it, but he always would stack his teams. He would always put the people on, on Jordan's team on his team. So everybody else is pretty much just trying to take them down the whole day. So it would normally be like Jordan and, you know, Tim Hardaway. And, you know, later on it would be like he would always want Jamal on his team, which was crazy. Jamal would always be on Jordan's team. Just Jamal, Jamal Crawford? Loves Jamal, Crawford, Jamal, of course. Loves Jamal, I mean, bro. Unfair, he loves Jamal, bro. That's unfair. That's unfair. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so now, nah, wow. We, we we used to get it in though, man. Like that was like that was crazy. But you know, like you just I don't know, man. When you hoop that much, bro, we hoop so much, man. Like we ain't really look at it like that. It was kind of normal to us, you know. It was normal to see mm-hmm. Twan up there, and we saw Twan. I would see Twan and Paul Pierce and all these dudes. I would see him everywhere, you know. So. It was yeah. like it was it was the norm. I just I just looked at it like I'm finna go up here and try and bust their ass, you know. I'm gonna try and dunk on somebody, I'm gonna try and yep. leave my mark, I'm gonna try and make these dudes. I wanna I want them to feel like I'm I belong here, you know. So that's that's really what it was about. So then this is like this had to be this is post retirement Jordan, right? At the ninety eight. We're talking ninety nine, two thousand. Right. This is like this is ninety nine, two thousand. Yep. So so post Jordan retirement Jordan. Still going out there, working out, playing ball, busting ass. And it's like, yo, again, nobody, again, 
social media wasn't there. We had no idea Jordan even thought about coming back. There was no cameras and all that, all that fucking Instagram stuff. So when he said, yo, I'm coming back. We knew. We already knew. Also, you knew prior to that. We already knew because we could see just the way he ramped up his training, the way he was always in there, the way he was lifting crazy. He wasn't missing days. He was he was he was training the hoop for mm-hmm. sure. Hmm. I want to go back to uh, real quick draft night. Were you there in the green room? Were you like wait? Were you there waiting? Yeah, to get I was there. Absolutely, I was there, man. Um, we was there. Um, David Stern, rest in peace, David Stern. He got ready to call right before they called the Wizards first pick. Um, my agent at the time, Aaron Tellum, uh, he, he got the call and they were like, you know what? They, they're not going with you for the first pick. They're going with Kwame. I'm like, all right. So they draft Kwame. So I was like, man, as a, as a consolidate, as a, I wanted to go number one, just for the sake of going number one, honestly. Um, but I was, I really wanted to go to the Clippers. Um, it was D miles. It was Q. I was like, bro, that's like my dream. Like I literally went to the Clippers work. I went and worked out for the Clippers and I was literally telling them like, it's the only place I want to go. I don't even care about the number one pick. Like I wanted to go to the Clippers so bad, bro. Like, I always right. Odom. LO was there. Yep. I always, but I just, you know, D miles and Q were so like, they were everything I wanted to be. Like they were hitting their heads and stuff. Like I'm like, bro, I got to go to the Clippers. I have to go mm. to the Clippers. So he told me, so right before the Clippers went, he's like, man, they're going with Tyson. He was like, so you can either go number three to Memphis or you could go to Chicago at number four. And I was like, damn, man, you for real, man. I really thought I, I was really mad. I was mad. I was literally in the green room mad. Like, Cameras are already positioning because they like, man, one of, one of us going to be either Powell or me going to be number three. I'm like, man, I go to Chicago. I literally told him just like that, I go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was so mad I couldn't even be happy about the fact that I was going to Chicago. <laughs> at, at, at the fourth pick, I wanted to be the number two pick. I didn't care where the Clippers were. I just wanted to go. They could have picked me with the 30th pick. I wouldn't even care, bro. I was that mm-hmm. My mentality was just that I want to go to L.A. and play with Q and D-Miles. Like, they're my bros. That's where I want to be. So uh, they took uh, – I'm like, nah, I go to I go to the Bulls. So they did the um, – they did – so they, they took they took Pau Gasol at three. Then the Bulls picked me at four. And then I can remember being backstage, man. I still was kind of – my agent, Aaron, tell him he knew I was feeling weird. He knew I just was not, like, not happy really about the situation. And I hate to say that because I don't want nobody from Chicago like, oh, no, man. I get it. We get it. Because yeah. you, know, yeah. you, know, like, yeah. you got to think, bro, like, I grew, up watching MJ. I grew up watching MJ. You know what I'm saying? So when I, he wasn't there, it's like, <clears throat> as, a, as a Chicago kid, it's like, that'd be like you guys seeing uh, Patrick Ewing and all those guys just leave. And it's just like, nah, I love the Knicks, but we ain't going to win nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like, yeah, fun. Like to me, Q and D Miles just, 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 it was the epitome of the young NBA and what it was supposed to be. And I felt like coming out of high school, like what, I was finally going to get a chance to play with Q. I always wanted my chance to play with Q and D Miles, man. So I don't know, but, but anyway, we get backstage, man. We get back, back there. I put the hat on and stuff. And my agent comes to me and he's like, uh, he's like, man, it's going to be a trade. They're making a trade right now. I was like, what you mean? He was like, you gonna, you and Tyson gonna be together. They about to put, they about to trade Tyson for Elton Brand. I said, you lying. And I looked over and I saw Tyson with his hat on, right? And all the media and stuff are surrounding him. The media is around him and stuff. 
And I saw I saw his agent like lean in and tell him something, and I just saw the disgust on his face, like, oh my god, are you serious? And I seen and I, and his PR person handed him the Bulls hat and took the Clippers hat from him, and he had to put the Bulls hat on. He kind of pushed us close together and stuff. It was like, wow, like this is crazy. Cause like the whole time, like bro, you gotta think, bro. This is pre Instagram, so we ain't really like each other, bro. They always pitted me and Tyson and Kwame, the top guys, against each other. You know what I mean? Like we all were kind of jockeying to be the number one pick, the number one uh, player in the country ever since eighth grade. Like since eighth grade, we've been trying to be the number one player in the country, and they've been putting his name first, or my name first, or Kwame's name first, or whoever. You know, it would always be like these guys, and, and we so we naturally just started hating each other. And all of a sudden, it's like y'all on the same team. Like, here, take this picture, and it was like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, shake, crazy. Yeah, shake that hate off. Shake that hate yeah, off. Had to shake the hate off. And then for me, it was like, it was like, man, I gotta. I had to really think about it. Like, I'm finna, I'm about to go home. Like, that's crazy. I'm really about to go home. And for Tyson, he went from thinking he was going home there you to go. now having to go to Chicago. So there you go. That really kind of brought us close together. You know, right away. Like, I instantly was like, oh no, bro. I got you, bro. Whatever you need in the city, you know, of course, blah, blah, blah. Let's do this thing together. And, you know, we've been cool ever since. Nice. Danny? Randy, you want to, Randy, you want to shift to um, his uh, his um, Boston, Boston, L.A. pick? You want to, you know, I mean, Boston, Boston, L.A. Look at that. I'm thinking, I mean, Boston like, Warriors? There you go. <laughs> Boston Warriors. My brain, my brain, brain froze today. They say 1987, um, bro. <laughs> yeah. I got so many different teams and championships in my head. I, I still got the Nets in the championship, if you ask me. But that's oh, a story for a different day. Yeah, don't even get me started. Randy gonna get on me because I'm a Nets fan. So listen. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna fast forward to the current real quick. Okay. Uh, 2022 NBA Finals, Warriors, Boston. Who you got? How many games? I got Warriors and six. Warriors and six. Because... I like. I love Boston, man. Um, I'm a past teammate of Eme, so I, I mean, I'm always gonna, gonna I'm gonna love that. I'm always show that support there. But I am a realist, man, and I think that um, I think that 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 Steph's too good, bro. It's something about that Curry last name, you know. I'm shooting a hundred. I'm shooting a hundred from three. Steph's there you go. A, Steph's an okay shooter too. So I, I, think, I think I think I think the I think the Warriors got it, bro. For real, for real. And think- Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr's from the Bulls. So it's all that, you know, it's a lot of, mm-hmm. it's, a lot of it's a family thing there. Whether whether guys know it or not, it's a lot of family, you know, correlation there. So I'm going to go with the Warriors, man. But no, they got a great team. I think it's a good look for, you know, I mean, I think Draymond is, 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 is an equalizer, man. Draymond is an equalizer. And I think that if they use him right, and I know they will use him right, um, it's going to be tough for those guys, those guys in Boston, bro. And I think that Clay, man, Clay's incredible. The just the story behind it. I think Wiggins is playing at a crazy level right now. He's really comfortable in his position. I think that uh, Poole, obviously, I think he's the wild card because if, mm-hmm. if he if he blow if he if he just has a great two 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 great games, man. I mean, it it it, it completely just. I think it, I think they destroyed him honestly, and it could and it could get worse than just six. But right now, I'm gonna respect him out of respect for Eme, out of respect for. Jalen mm-hmm. Brown, Marcus Smart, and all of those guys. I'm gonna give them six. Yeah, I keep telling Denny, like, listen, the Warriors don't have Iguodala, they don't yeah. have Iceman, they don't have Gary Payton. And he's coming back. 
Yeah. And you and you already have everybody else. And it's like I think they they they're just too loaded at every position. And Boston's good. The defense is, is solid, but it's like, damn, can your offense now keep up with the Warriors? Yeah, man. Well, li- listen, li- guys, um, shout out to everyone watching. Thank you so much. Eddie, thank you so much for the time spent. Uh, it looks like we're just, you know, obviously riding that. I, I, I think we all are saying Golden State's going to win. Uh, but I want to give you, I want to give Boston, you guys, Boston fans, want to want to give you guys some hope. Okay, if I'm Emay, Mister Doka, my strategy is very simple. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, leave Marcus Smart on Curry until obviously he gets in foul trouble, but. Let's leave Marcus Smart on Curry and double him in the handoffs. The handoffs only. I'm going to double. I'm going to throw doubles at him constantly. Leave, leave Wiggy. Uh, excuse me. Leave Jason Tatum on Clay. We're going to leave Jason Tatum on Clay. We're going to blitz Curry every time he comes off the. Uh, actually, it's not the. It's not the. That's not the pin down. It's the actual uh, dribble handoff. That's what I'm worried about more often, where he's actually passing to Looney, and then it can go backdoor, or he'll come off the curl like like Poole will do when he comes off the bench, and you're just running into a, a running into a screen and it's a three. I want the big to come up, and I want to double that, blitz that, and I want to see some zone. I want to see some zone. I want to see. I want to see some change ups because you know they're used to shooting in man to man. Are they used to shooting in a high? pushed out zone those are some of the things that i would suggest boston boston uh you know do in order to extend this series uh we're talking about two games we're only giving (laughs) we're only giving boston two games so it's clear that we all see the offense but but that's because i think it's only gonna take two games for them to figure out all that shit you talking they're gonna figure they're gonna figure out out in one game Cause first off, like you gotta think, bro. That's only gonna work if it's if the handoff is not with Draymond, and most of the handoffs is with Draymond. Like he's doing a dribble handoff. He's gonna the minute they jump it, he's just gonna keep the ball and go straight to the bucket, bro. Like it's but, but that's I agree. That's what that's why I'm saying, you know. And usually in this in strategy, it's pick your poison at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're all we're all basketball brains. So at this point, it's like okay, well, what you know, pick your poison. How you want to die? Do you want to die with Steph shooting those threes, or do you want to die with Draymond dropping forty? I mean, it ain't gonna be Draymond dropping forty. It'll be Draymond dishing it off to Poole, Draymond dishing it mm-hmm. off to Clay, to Wiggins. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Wiggins. You gotta pray. You gotta it's pray. It's gonna be tough, bro. It's it is. It is. I, I agree. And all that that you're saying, all the stuff you're saying, sounds great, bro. It sounds like a good plan. But I guarantee you. Steph has seen a zone before. They've seen a zone before. Oh, bro. I know. I know. Up, I know. I, I'm going to say Steve, what? This is Steve Kerr, bro. He's going to have them boys ready. They're hey. going to be ready. And hey. I know he may going to throw some stuff out there, too, because he's he's a really good defensive mind. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's only so much you can do. They got too much, bro. They got hey, too Even with the pieces they got missing, they got too much, bro. What, I, what we told Randy, we had the conversation last last uh, last uh, show, mm-hmm. said uh, the great Mike Tyson said it best. Everyone has a plan until Randy. What you get punched in the face? You get punched in the face. <laughs> well, I got I got an incredible clip on YouTube where Mike Tyson saying a bunch of incredible <laughs> things for forty five straight minutes. Uh, Word, good and bad. So it's like that one that one sound bite might it might it might mean something, but it might. Uh, I mean, it's so much it's so much more to the Warriors, bro, that you got to deal with. 
just the fatigue of chasing those guys around on, on, on defense and then thinking you're going to have those same legs on offense, bro, it's just not going to Let happen. me ask you this. Let me ask you this question too, Randy. Let me, let me pick, keep pick, picking his brain because I want to drag it down as much as I can. I want to pull everything from Eddie Curry in Go terms ahead. of basketball. Another thing that you, you touched base on, I was talking to some folks on Twitter about, is um, obviously offensive, offensive games and the conversation of uh, who's more dangerous, uh, a KD or a Curry. And I, I tell folks, I said, if I'm defending anyone, so let's just put it like, put it like that. Mm-hmm. If I'm defending who I'm scared of the most in the NBA, Giannis, LeBron, uh, 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 DeMar DeRozan, Devin Booker. No, no, none of those guys scare me mm-hmm. as much as, as much as Steph does. Really? That's just, and that's just me in terms of what Steph does Steph in is- Steph is the most incredible shooter I've ever seen. I think he's revolution, revolution. That revolutionized. Word, he's done that to the game. Um, he's create. He's gonna create the next. It's a, it's a bunch of Steph Curry's that's gonna end up coming up in the ranks, bro. But hmm. KD's different, bro. So wait. So if you said the heart, so the, heart bro. the most dangerous offensive player is KD to, to for you. Are you insane, bro? You, and you know it too. I don't know. You just want to argue with somebody. Tell him. No, 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 you know no, no, it too. No, no, no. Tell him. Tripping. If you're you a, you a Brooklyn, you a Brooklyn fan, cut it out, bro. Let he is. Out. Let me lay it out. Let me lay it out real quick. Let me lay it out. Okay. To defend KD, all right. Now, obviously, he's going to do a lot of a lot of posts. A lot of um, he's going to get the ball in the elbows. A lot of high post action. Man, he's doing. He's shooting hezzy threes from fifty feet out, bro. Like what yeah. are you talking about? One hundred percent. But defensively, stop KD, my guy. Defensively, like, he's walking up to me. In terms of yeah. Curry, Curry's Curry obviously may have the ball. Curry's coming off screens. Curry's running around. He's not stopping. Obviously, bro. we saw KD right now losing the first round. Of the playoffs, and I'm just saying, in terms of slowing, I mean, but, I, and, but but I think you could you can you can accredit that to he said to just it. rhythm, and not 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 a personal rhythm, but just a rhythm as a team. I oh, think their, their rhythm as a team was kind of thrown off, you know, from the availability of Kyrie from the from the trade with James Harden. Like that's a lot, bro. Like that's a lot to have to deal with, and um, you know. Uh, a young, a young head coach like Steve Nash, bro. That's the, that's some. It's hard, bro, especially in the playoffs. So, but uh, I think at the end of the day, bro, one v one. If we're gonna roll the ball out to somebody and you gotta guard them, bro, you're gonna be shook. You, you're gonna be. St- <laughs> Come on, we talking KD, bro. We talking, we talking, bro. Bro's at least seven feet for real. For he real. is. He is. He is. Seven feet. He releases the ball over his head, bro. Mm. That mean like you have to literally. Time it perfect to even try to attempt to block his shot, and he can shoot the ball without looking at the rim, bro. Most of his shots, guys are right here with it, bro. Like, and he's hitting it. It's nothing. Danny, I'm shocked. I'm shocked you even went there. I, I as a net fan, as a diehard fan for two years, I'm shocked, bro. I'm shocked. We got content we needed. We got content. We yeah, needed no. number one. Yeah. Number two, I didn't disrespect KD. I was having a conversation about his offensive game versus Curry's. Two definitely dangerous players that as soon as they come off a of half court, what are you going to do? And it's not disrespect. It's just literally, you hey, know. Bro, KD is damn near seven feet, bro. Yeah. He's a seven feet, seven foot guard. I'm, I'm going to say he's over seven feet. Okay, you're not. KD with shoes on is over 6'11 for sure, dog. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And bro, if, if, if his foot was, if his foot, shoe, bro, like, come on, bro. 
If his foot was shorter, he'd have hit that yeah. three, that turnaround. Come on, bro. We're talking about Brooklyn being in the finals or even eventual world champions. So all yeah. the other shit you talk about, Denny, don't even may not even be counting right now. But like he said, he's doing this for the podcast, bro. So we, <laughs> we know when hey, we know when y'all when y'all hit when, when y'all wrap this thing up and y'all sitting talking real basketball, you know KD's that he's that because, guy, it was bro. just a multiverse question. It's a multiverse question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a multiverse question. Is the yeah. one. Right. Then he's on record saying Giannis is the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, depending on the game you're watching, yeah, bro. Like in the playoffs and when LeBron's eliminated and KD's eliminated, man, he looked like the best Two-way. player in the world for sure. Two way, two way, two way. Two-way. I don't know. It's it's gonna be hard for me to say somebody's the best player in the world, bro, that can't uh-huh. shoot the ball. And that's no knock on Giannis at all, bro, because I think he's incredible, bro. But I just think KD is too good. I think Bron is too good, bro. His like rebounding and his rebounding and defense, I think, make up for his inefficiencies on offense. That's why I mentioned him in terms of grace play in the world, because obviously I think he could rebound. He could play defense, and that Euro step in the lane is just is deadly, bro, because he's mm. so tall. He can Euro to a dunk from anywhere. He can defend five positions, too. Five. Yeah, he can, but so can Rudy Gobert. So I'm like, no, oh. don't. Don't mention Gobert, right, Denny. Don't, but don't I'm, do just saying, I'm, just, I'm just saying, bro. Like, if we <laughs> what are we talking? Are we talking straight defense? Like, no, no. What I say, that's what You're talking to somebody who didn't play defense. So I don't, I don't, even, I can't even relate. I can't even relate to that. We talking I, offense, bro. We talking straight offense, bro. <laughs> Wait, I, you came up, I came up in a time where offense got you paid, baby. Well, so listen, Mark, Marcus Smart is in the finals. He's a defensive player of the year. He and is. let me let me be let me talk about defense real quick, even though you even though you know, guys, defense. When I mention defenses, you have to de- be able to defend. So, for example, these are my defensive guys that I think in the NBA are superb defensively. Kawhi when he's when he's healthy, Draymond, Patrick Beverly, um, these uh, uh, Giannis, these guys you may minimal they can guard two to three positions very very well. Where the other offense, LeBron. Oh yeah, yeah, no LeBron, no no. There's a a long list. LeBron, yes, yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, a little long list. LeBron's in there too. Scary, scary. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. (laughs) I apologize. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Curry. Thank you. So yeah, there's a long list of NBA players, but you know, very short few that actually, Mm -hmm. um, every single night you're you're saying, oh, he's playing defense. Yeah, because you just mentioned it. It's not a it's not a defensive. Uh, game now. It's more free flowing. No, no checks across the lane. No, a flagrant two is a bless you. Hachu. Yeah. Depending on who you sneeze on, you could be. It could be a foul. You could be a flagrant. Yeah. Flagrant one, flagrant two. So yeah. you know, it's it's a different it's a different game. But you know, I mentioned defense and defense wins championships. You got a Boston Celtic team in the finals because they specifically play defense. So we're about mm-hmm. to see, obviously, offense versus defense. For sure. Yeah. What they, did, they didn't have uh, uh, Clay Thompson that they were defending. They didn't have a, uh, St- uh, Stephen Curry that they were defending. They didn't have a dribble handoff guy and take it off the glass and push it like a Draymond that they were defending. Um yeah, so it's, it's gonna be we're gonna, we're gonna see, bro. I think the way that I think the way that 
Tatum and those guys got that got to their offense was a little bit different than how uh, Golden, mm-hmm. State, Golden State gets to their offense, bro. Hundred percent. So um, I got a few, I got a few questions. I'm, I'm gonna uh-huh. circle back to Chicago, New York, and eventually Miami when you win a championship. Um, who is a guy today that Eddie Curry you wish would have played on your team when you were playing back in the day? Like I, I would I would assume maybe a guard. Who's yeah. a guard now? You say you know what, Dan? If I had him back in my day. Me and him be Man. running rough shot. Mm. Gary Payton, bro. Mm. Gary Payton or John Stockton. He went John okay. Stockton on me. Give me, somebody, give me somebody that's just gonna feed me and feed me. And feed Eddie me. Curry. Eddie Curry's he's 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 selfish and he wants the ball every I'm single time. Not selfish, time but I mean, you t- you you said back in the day, back in the day, like that's you know. No, I said who's someone who's playing today that you oh, somebody who's playing, playing today. Your Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I heard that'll play wrong. in your day. Yeah, yeah, that'll play in your day. Yeah, point guard. I want to play with Steph. He's gonna draw. He's gonna draw a lot of attention. So you just be able to turn around and do your thing. Yes. Look at you. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I'm okay. <laughs> Look, I know you mentioned the, the Stockton and the in the GP. If it wasn't Steph, maybe Chris Paul could have been up there. CP's definitely up there for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Point guard. Point guard. Point guard. I think the like just the 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 freedom that I would get down there on that post with Steph out there on the floor, bro. Mm-hmm. Wide Man. open. Wide open. <laughs> and he's he, he could pass the ball too. So it's like it's not like you know, I'm playing with somebody who can't pass. Steph mm-hmm. can pass. He's 100%. just a wizard with the shot, though. hundred percent. So my next question would be uh kind of funny and serious, but who was the guy back in your day that when they guarded you, you knew there was like barbecue chicken all day. Oh, man. or someone oh. that that was guarding you, and you just couldn't, you couldn't Stop get mm. Oh man, uh, let's talk barbecue chicken first. Next to potato salad. <laughs> next to the potato salad. Let's talk barbecue chicken first. I mean, I, I I respected everybody I played against, so I just say that. Uh, oh. I mean. If I when I got when I got rolling, it it really it really it wasn't a lot of bigs that could really stop me. Not one on one. If you start sending double teams, if you start taking away my right hand, if you were smart enough to do that, and even sometimes it really didn't matter. I would shoot into the double, going to my right hand. And it really it didn't matter. But so I, I mean I will I won't pick on nobody individually. But I do I will say that I didn't like play. I, like I always had a thing against playing against those long athletic type dudes, bro. Like. Mm. Uh, Dudes that no matter how much you bury them under the basket, bro, they still were able to get up and contest your shot or block your shot. Like I hated them type of dudes, bro. Those uh Samuel type dudes. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I hated I hated them type of dudes. Dudes like Perk. Like I love playing against Perk because he was oh. not gonna flop and we were gonna we were, we were just gonna we were just gonna go at it. We Straight up defense. I love, I love playing Perk. I love playing dudes like that. Reggie Evans, bro. I love playing Reggie. Bro. Oh, my goodness. Straight yeah, up. Man. Yeah, <laughs> Love playing them. Keep J-O. right on the ground. No jumping. Oh, Jermaine O'Neal. Wow. J.O. was not going. He wasn't going to flop, bro. He wasn't going to flop. If I went right through his chest, he was just going to take it every time. Mm-hmm. So oh, I, I, like, I like them type of dudes, man. <laughs> why? Because, like, no, I mean, that, that's just how, that's how we played. That's how we played then, bro. That's yep. how I'm a man. I'm a man if I take this Eddie. Yeah. Bird. 
And, and, and on the other side, I'm gonna take it too. I'm not gonna be flopping. I'm not gonna. I'm not baiting you to flop. And oh, he flopped. I'm not about to <laughs> that, bro. If you score on me, if you dunk on me, cool. Come back. Come to me. You think Turn the game around. is too soft? Do you think the game is too soft? No, I don't. I think the game is crazy. I think without the changes that the game made, I don't know if it, if it's as popular, if this is, uh, if this is much money in it as as it is now, bro. Honestly. I think the fact that they they made it like this, it allowed for more stars on the team. Like you got a lot of dudes that can really turn up and have an incredible game. Like before, you had to have a certain body type to really take a game over. Now it's just like it's all about skill. Now, you know, so yeah, I, I, I love the game where it is. Yeah, I think it's a combination of um, a lot of com- it's a combination of uh, you spoke about it earlier too. It's the Don Nelson went small mm-hmm. and saw. How you know the, the strategy was? We're going to outscore these guys. We're not going to play defense. We're going to see if we can outscore these guys. And once they started getting some success, then Mike D'Antoni came in and you know said, "Okay, we're going to we're going to do European. We're going to do the European stuff." So there's a lot of offensive games that uh the offensive system in terms with Steph Curry changing the game and making it three point shooting and and coming on the outside. It could be detrimental too because I see a lot of the part of the game where it's they're missing layups. I mean, even the series. Tell me if I'm wrong, guys. Watching these last series, I saw even Miami, Miami, Boston, a couple of games, last two or three games where the ball would reverse and Bam would be under the rim like this, wide open, and they're like working the um, working the perimeter to get a three point shot. So, with your mentioning of oh, there'll be a bunch of curries, that may not be that good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, not, it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be like that. I mean, because it's gonna be. I think it'll be a long time before you see someone close to him. But I do think that there's somebody working on it right now, and I think that he's oh, yeah, giving, sure. he's giving those those shorter guys, like you know, guys his height. I mean, the only guy we used to have like that was like AI or somebody like that. Mahmoud like Abdul Rauf. Yeah, yeah, but it was but it was almost like a novelty to have a short guy. Muggsy Bow was like a big name because he. Mm-hmm. Was short. But now it's like, nah, bro. I could, I could be short. I can get this. I could work on my range. I could work on my defense, and I could probably get into the league. And and if not, I could definitely go to college and make a name for myself and mm-hmm. get money now off my name. Depending on how big I can get my name and stuff like that. So also too, a lot of Eddie, you mentioned two point um, system and green light. System mm. and green light. When I mentioned that with Curry and a lot of players that Iverson. Same concept. Iverson system and green light. So the system to be able to have offensive touches every single time down court and to be able to have the green light, you're the guy. If you miss, so what? You're the guy. That builds up your confidence. And a lot of NBA players go through this, you know, having stops where they're, they're the guy. You in New York, the guy. And it's just, it builds up your confidence. So, uh, a lot of that goes into, uh, you know, some of these players and, you know, trying to become the next Eddie Curry, the next Steph Curry. Uh, it's system and confidence. So just obviously the concept is work on your game until you're in the system. Mm-hmm. Then your confidence will build and then you may become a player like Eddie Curry. Look at God. Yeah, man. I, I think you nailed it, though, because, like, I mean, if you look at my first few years in Chicago, it was a, it was it was their system. You know, when I went there, it was Tim Floyd. He he wanted to run. Uh, Jer, Jer, uh, Jerry Cross was there. They wanted to run a triangle. Still, they didn't care that I was a good low post player because in a triangle, like that could be initiated off of anybody. 
So it was all moving parts. It was it was really just more about the sooner you learn a triangle, the sooner you'll start getting some more minutes. And that was really what it was about. Whereas you had Pau Gasol who went to um, Memphis and immediately they like we're giving him the ball. You're gonna start and we're giving you the ball. And you have and he you have success. You had some he had some nights that he didn't look so good, but you had to learn. You learn development. Yeah. So yeah, you know, guys like me, guys like Tyson, we spent a few years like trying to like we were really going through it mentally. Like, look, I was the man, and now y'all pick me with these high picks. Why how come we not y'all not playing us? And I'm killing everybody in practice and uh, any one-on-one drill, I'm 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 blocking the I'm blocking dudes shit off the backboard. I'm dunking on everybody like yeah, dude. Like it, it was really like that. But you know, and then you know later on in Chicago, I'm starting. Um, we got Ben Gordon. We got uh, uh the Ben Gordon, Mount Vernon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Ben, ben Jordan, that's my boy. Uh, Kirk Henry. We got a good team, bro. Jamal. We got uh We finally got a. We got a coach. Uh, coach. Uh, what's my man name? Crazy, little crazy dude. What's crazy Scott Skiles, bro. Scott. We got Scott Skiles, bro. Scott Skiles was different because he was like, bro, you got the first couple plays of the game. We coming to you for sure. We definitely coming to you the first couple. But if you don't do nothing with it, you probably ain't going to get it unless you get an offensive rebound. And that's how it was. You know what I'm saying? If you score, we'll come back to you again. If not, we see you again in the third quarter, bro. That's that's how Scott Skiles coached me. And mm-hmm. so it made me like really like, man, I had to take it serious. I, I knew the ball was coming to me the first possession. I'm giving it my best shot every single it, time. Every time it, I touch the ball. And is that interesting that, you know, obviously again, I mentioned system. Here's Tim Floyd, college coach coming into the NBA yep. versus an yeah. NBA player coach who's yeah. like, I've been through this. I know what to actually do to help this guy yeah. develop. Look at that, you know. Because yeah, I mean, you know, the next year I go to I go to New York, right? We got Larry Brown. Now Larry Brown was like, "Do your thing, bro." But it took me a little while to understand. Like I, I, I was still used to the other system. Like you know, man, I'm not I'm not used to like that was a lot of I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to make something happen because I'm like, mm-hmm. man, if I miss this shot, they're not gonna come back to me. Or if I miss this shot, you know what I'm saying? I might get subbed out. If I miss this shot, whatever. But I had to learn, like, oh, it's not like that. There was a lot of talk from Isaiah. There was a lot of talk from uh, Mark Aguirre and Herb Williams, and they was just really pumping me up. And my teammates, Steph and Jamal and all of them guys, like, man, nah, bro, you here to to be that guy. And once I figured that out, that's when I was like, okay, cool. Then they had to kind of pry that thing away from me. But other than that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, got it, you, you got it, you got it. You got a guy like Amari, bro, who goes to the Phoenix Suns. And immediately, you know what I'm saying? And and, oh, and, and he was a talent. Don't get me wrong. Amari was a stud. He Amari crazy. But, you know, immediately, bro, they throw, they throw in the ball up. They say, go, go ahead, young fella. It's your he show. Doesn't, he doesn't get to New York without Phoenix being in the system, being able to yep. uh, work on his game, being obviously play with Steve Nash, obviously, and, and build his confidence to where it's like, okay, I'm able to leave this system yeah. and still be able to flourish based on what I've learned here. So, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. That confidence, man. And I think that, I mean, I think teams are learning that now. That's why you see a lot more rookies uh, starting. You see a lot more rookies playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but before, like when I was coming up, no, that's that old was, school. They don't do that. It wasn't happening, bro. That wasn't happening. <laughs> no, I watched. Uh, I was watching. Um, 
Jermaine O'Neal on a Q and D Miles podcast, a Knuckleheads podcast, and mm-hmm. he talked about how you know he wasn't playing in um in, in Portland and stuff Portland. like that. And and it's like, man, like it was just that was the thing, bro. Like that was just how they did things. And looking back, you like, it's no way Jo shouldn't have been starting. Like you know what I mean? You know what? You know Eddie. You think about it too. I was thinking speaking about it, speaking to somebody about this the other day. It's it's it's. With us in general, and everybody can attest to this. It's a it's a mental it's a mental reset. A lot of people have to work through. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, yes, uh, and a lot of people have gone through this. You you go through eighth grade, friends, family. You know you know the school left and right. Okay, now you're in high school, four years, no new friends, don't know the territory, don't know who to speak to, don't know the slang. It's a mental reset that some of us have gone through on miniature levels. And some of us, that guy across, some of us have gone through it where it's major uh, mm-hmm. mental changes that we have to work through, whether it's you going from one city to the next. You're not even talking about the family moves and this, that, and the third that comes along with that. And then you have to learn a new system, get new confidence within the system, then get confidence on the team, then have the media like you, then have the media write nice things about you, right. then say all the right things to the media so they don't they don't disrespect you and, and dump on you when you play a bad game. All these things, you have to mentally prepare yourself every single time you either you know play, practice, etc., and then obviously move on through your career. So I applaud you and all the NBA players that go through uh, going to a new team, getting a new new coach, going through that because you have to, as as we all do, have to go through it and learn and, and actually push through. So it's it's a mental it's a mental. No, challenge. That, that's a lot dope, of man. I appreciate you for for recognizing that because it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely not as easy. I mean, on, 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 in the real world, on this side of it, I mean, it's it's as easy as turning to ESPN or TNT and like, oh, okay, jump ball, but. Mm-hmm. On our side, and Randy, you've been there. You know the preparation and just the three, four hours before the game, and you guys are there before us getting stuff ready and things like mm-hmm. that. Just the time after the game it takes and just cooling down and just unwinding and then having to do the same thing all over again. Or if it's a travel day, a back-to-back type thing, like it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot, bro. It's a lot. So, I mean, and of course we get paid, you know, handsomely for it. And, and and ultimately, we're doing a job that we all love to do. I mean, no one prepares you for that, Eddie. Yeah, no. This is a this is a childhood like dream come true. But I mean, it's definitely you know it, it becomes a business really fast, man. And sometimes you have that awakening, like damn, like mm-hmm. this is this is like I'm on like a it's like you on like a like a Groundhog's Day almost, you know? Yeah. It's, it's it's like that, bro. To the point where like you know, two years after retiring, you still. On the same sleep schedule because you just so used to, it. used to it. You, know mm-hmm. you sleep in so many hotels and you wake up and really got to look at the room key to see what hotel you in or what city you in because it's like it's it's like that, bro. It's really like that. So I I, I want to wrap up the Chicago part before I go to New York. Um, you mentioned Tim Floyd, Scott Skiles. You also had Bill Cartwright as your coach too. Yep. Now in a four three four year time frame. You're 18, 19, 20, 20, 21 years old, and you already had three coaches. Hmm. And it's like what Danny said, a system getting used to it. Most players have one coach their whole career, Tim Duncan, Greg Pop. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson and Doug Collins. But other people 
like for example, like a Carmelo who goes to New York and he has five fucking coaches. It just it, you can't get used to something when everything is changing. So yeah. for you, someone who's young trying to get used to what they're trying to do, it's like, all right, Tim Floyd ain't work. All right, boom, we're bringing Bill Carr right two years, whatever. He ain't work. Now when you get someone who's working with Scott Skiles, and it's like, all right, I, I feel like I'm finally clicking. Yeah, I made the playoffs in 05. And then, boom, you get here with a fucking trade to New York. And it's like, as a young kid, how were you feeling back then? Like, all right, I feel like we have something working. But then now you guys don't believe in me and what I can do. Now you ship me to New York. Well, for me, it was different because um, they traded me because of the heart thing. So I had an irregular heartbeat, like right before the playoffs, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Um, so we had been playing really well. Um, we were in the playoffs or pretty much had clinched it. And um, then I had a regular heartbeat. I ended up having a – I ended up sitting out, um, doing a bunch of tests, trying to figure out uh, what was going on. They couldn't find anything. And then the Bulls got to the point where they were like, okay, well, take a DNA test, see if you are – uh, predisposed to having uh, any type of heart issues. And if you're not, then we'll clear you to play. And if you are, then you're going to have to retire. And that was pretty much what the Bulls offered me to do. Like, So at that point, it became like a, they were like, you know what, you're going to either take the test or you're going to just sit out the rest of the season and the rest of the, in the, in the playoffs. Um, if you, I, I had the opportunity to opt into, uh, I had a player option the next year. They said, if you take your player option, you're going to sit out all the ne- all next year. And um, and then after that, you can do what you want to do because you you won't be on our books no more after that. So um, they ended up offering, letting us uh, have the ability to, this is when I, I hired, at this point, I hired um, Leon Rose as my agent. Um, so the Bulls allowed us to go seek a sign and trade, sign and trade uh, deal. And that's when we ended up doing a deal with the Knicks. We we uh we had the Knicks on the table and we had the Nuggets on the table. So I mean at that time, I was in just like I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what's happening with my career. I didn't really have enough time to be like, oh man, you know, finally I got a t- I got a team and we finally good. Cause I mean, yeah, we we had we had seasons where we won 20 games. Like I didn't know if we were gonna win double digit games some year, you know, some some sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was it was crazy like that. So to finally um to be on a good team, bro, to go into games and feeling like we're gonna win every game, like that was incredible. But like I said, it, it was short-lived because I immediately had that moment where it was like, okay, career's in the balance. Am I gonna play? What do I do? Do I take the DNA test? Do I not take the DNA test? Like it was a lot going on at that time. So yeah, I mean, I like I didn't have really the luxury to look at it like, uh, oh man, they don't want me this and that. I mean, of course I felt the way about just the decision they was kind of, you know, pretty much forcing me to make. I felt like they were forcing me to either uh, take this test that would probably say I am predisposed to um, some type of hard thing just because I'm African-American. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. who knows? Um, and, you know, Leon and my attorneys felt like, you know, that was just setting a that was setting a strange precedence, you know what I mean? Like that would eventually um, allow them to just test people for whatever they wanted to test them for in, in the combine, you know, all of a sudden start Xing people out 
for some hereditary hereditary trait that they may they may not show his head until they're 60, 70 years old. You know what I mean? And I, but because of that, we we're gonna X you out of competitive play and we're gonna put a brand on you that you know you could possibly be broken. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. one of those things I had to make a decision. Um and I'm just I'm grateful that I was able to um get the deal done with the Knicks. Isaiah came through in the clutch. And, you know, I'm always grateful to the Knicks and to, to Isaiah and to Dolan and all of those guys, man, for, for taking a chance on me. Well, first and foremost, I'm glad everything turned out well for you. Yeah, thank um, you. I think I, I've heard about that, but not in, in great detail. So now you shed light on that. Um, and you mentioned Isaiah. I, we, I mentioned him earlier, Chicago native. You saw you work out a long time ago. Right. And I was like, now at this point, Isaiah is the GM or president. Of the he's, like, he's the president, yeah. So now Larry Brown's still coaching. They bring you in. I think you, I forgot who you got traded for, but it doesn't even matter. Um, so now you come into New York City. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> in the NBA. It's New York is like the one place players try not to go to because of the media, the limelight, the spotlight. It's the Mecca, the garden, and we get all that. Um, but now you come into a situation where on paper, bro. If you go back, it's like Steph is Jamal Crawford, is Zach Randolph, is Eddie Curry, is David. No, Zebo didn't come yet. No, no, Zemo. I'm saying in general, it's like oh, saying, oh, oh yeah, all the players we had. Oh, Nate yeah. Rob, Channing Fry, yeah. David. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we had some guys, bro. And I'm like, damn, like guys. I want to say we had we had Jalen at one point. We had when I got there, I want to say Allen Houston was still playing. Uh, Probably Penny was still playing. Um, it's crazy, bro. We had some, a lot of guys, like you said. <laughs> uh, yeah, bro. We had some uh, on paper, bro. It was mm. incredible. It was incredible. But, you know, it's just one of those things, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know, bro. <laughs> it's just one I of those Exactly. Things, Yo, at one point, yeah. you were up for an All-Star in 07. Yeah, 07, yeah. I'm like, that's how good the Knicks were the at Knicks that time. Good. Yeah, we were really good, it, bro. Somehow we just couldn't figure that shit out, bro. We couldn't couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I hated it too. It still bothers me, man. Like I, I just, I mean, I love those teams, bro. The, the way the city just embraced me, man. It just, I don't know. It became. It started out as a place that I was like, I really was there out of necessity. Like, listen, it's this or it's nothing, pretty much. And it went from that quickly to like, nah, man. The city, the city, fuck with you, bro. And once I start feeling that love, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I see what it's about. Because, I mean, I grew up in Chicago, man. So we mm-hmm. know we know New York considers themselves the Mecca and you were the founding, the, birth, the birthplace of hip hop and all that type of stuff. But, you know, we got our own, you know what I'm saying? We got our own people that hoop and we got our own rappers and stuff like that. So we always felt like, you know, I always felt like, man, you know, I'm Chicago over everything. So anytime I would go to New York, like to play against them I always felt like I was cheating on the city almost you know I would always I would just stay in my room I never left the hotel room I didn't go to clubs I didn't do none of that I thought like, get me in and out of here as soon as possible because this ain't my city like that's how I felt about it you know what I'm saying but like once I started playing for them man I started realizing it was it was totally different like the first when I met them I met them and I signed they were in training camp at the time so I met them in Charleston um and then we flew from Charleston back once training camp was over. That was my first time actually being – well, my second time. The first time I was there, I had to go take a physical there. 
And then after I took my physical, I, I, I flew to Charleston to meet the team. But we, when we flew back as a team, I want to say Jamal, I don't know how, bro. We ended up at a party, bro. This is like the first time I was in, in New York. Jamal takes me to a party, bro. It looks like a regular apartment, like a regular little apartment, bro. And there's so many people in this apartment. And we get to the back room and it's packed full of people in this room. Regular little room, bro. Like one of like a room you in, but it's a bed mm-hmm. right there. And that's almost like the VIP couch. And Jay is just sitting on the bed. Jay-Z is sitting on the bed and we sit down and we just chopping it up with him. I'm sitting here like, where, where am, am I? I? <laughs> where <laughs> am I? Like, Are you serious? Like, this is an apartment party, bro, where Jay-Z is in here, right here next to me. Like, this is crazy. So, so wait, 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 wait. You got to let say, say Jay-Z now. Obviously, Jay-Z's been around us for a very, some of us for a very, very long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Please, what, what, what song was on the radio, Jay-Z? What, what Jay-Z was this? Talk to me This now. was... This was 05, What hope was this? Was this Excuse Me? Was this Excuse Me, Mr. No, no, no. Dirt Off Your Shoulders or something, maybe? There you go. Maybe. Is that too early? No. Let me see. 2005, Jay-Z. Let me see. Let me see. Show me what you got. Show me what you got, baby. Yeah. That one. Show me what you got, Jay-Z. It's Kingdom Come, Jay-Z. Kingdom Come, Jay-Z. Kingdom Come, Jay-Z. Right. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, oh shit, Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and you know, me being in Chicago, like when I first got when I first got drafted by the Bulls, like Jamal was there a year before me, so he was recovering from an ACL surgery. So he was staying at the hotel right across the street from the practice facility. So that that was naturally like me and Maul was like best friends immediately. Like, cause I even met him. I went to a Bulls game when I was a senior in high school and I went back and uh, he came up to me and gave me his number and stuff and was like, yeah, man, you know how Maul is. Maul like, yeah, man, you know, these dudes phony, man. I'm real, bro. You can just, you know, hit me up, man. I'm a real dude, this and that. And he really was that, like, real. He's like, man, I ain't one of these dudes that's going to big time you and all this stuff, man. Hit me up. This is my number, blah, blah, blah. And he always been real like that. Maul always been real like that. So then you fast forward. I get drafted. I go there, and he had just got a um. He had just he had just bought a like a four story, like a four a four level apartment, and he tore his ACL, so he couldn't get up and down the stairs. So he was staying at the hotel, and I would go to his room every day after practice, and all he wanted to listen to is Jay Z. Like that's his favorite artist. This is Blueprint Jay Z. All we listening to is Blueprint. <laughs> and before that, I was only listening to Project Pat. And like I was listening to, I, I just love Project Pat and Three Six Mafia. Like that's I was hooked on. It's been the scissor. Yeah, Lil Wayne was like always my favorite. So like I was only really listening to that type of music. And which is weird. Which is weird because now we're in '03, and I, you know, off the air, I mentioned my guy Edgar Burgos. Yeah, the blackout. You guys with uh, at Rucker Park, and it's so funny. Jay Z and Jamal always click, and when Jay Z had a team. What team did yeah. you all play on? Absolutely. And yeah. then also the you came on board as well. Maul always had this strange relationship with Hove, man. It's 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 one of those things. Like I think Jay Jay recognized it early though. Jay saw the Jamal Crawford, the revered person that everyone looks at now. Hove saw that way back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, like people gotta realize, like in Chicago. 
like we had Jamal, and then they they would draft a guard every they would draft a guard every year in Chicago, and they would really get under Maul's skin, bro, because Maul was doing the same stuff in practice that you that we know him for now. Like he was doing all that crazy stuff. He was he was he was Steph. He was like Steph, but with handles. He was crazy with it. So he couldn't understand why they kept pushing him to the side to you know get Kirk Heinrich to get Jay Williams to get you know what I'm saying just all these guards that they kept getting and putting in front of him. So um, I don't know when he developed. So at some point, he developed a cool relationship with Hove. Um, it was at one point in the summertime. He like, bro, I'm going to I'm going to the Rucker, man. Come play in the Rucker with me. I'm gonna play on J team. I'm like, I right, bet. And then that's what happened. I ended up going out there. We went out there a few times, and uh, we went out there until until John Paxson told us we couldn't go no more. And for those those who don't know, just just a thirty for thirty, which was an hour. It looks like uh, it was the greatest mixtape ever. We just did it on ESPN and talked oh, about and one, right? Yeah, the and one, and I. It was only an hour. They should have given three. To be honest with you, there's so much True. that they can go into when it comes to the N one, but obviously that's another another discussion for a different day. Yeah, no. Um, listen, I mean, we we've now we're where we where we New York still. We we not we're not moving from New York yet. We're at the end of New York's time. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to you want to curve into Miami? I mean, we're in the middle uh, end of it. Um, I'm trying to see, I think. I think Eddie was you were involved in that Carmelo deal, right? Man, I was the reason y'all was able to get Carmelo. <laughs> I was the reason. And he said, so "Say funny. thank you." He said, "Say thank you." Facts, but like, like for real, for real, like it was crazy. I had a trade kicker in my in my in my. I had no trade clause, so they couldn't trade me without my permission. You had but a no needed, trade clause, but they needed my. They needed me. They needed my money to match up to get Carmelo. Mm-hmm. So it was a bunch of talks about it. And then finally one day I was at the crib and Donnie Walsh called me and was like, and I always been really good, like really had a really good relationship with Donnie Walsh. And he was like, man, Eddie, um, I'm sure you probably heard about the trade by now, but you know, as you know, you got a trade clause, so we can't do the trade unless you give us the uh, your blessing. And I'm like, man, I ain't gonna hold you up, man. Go ahead and do the trade, bro. I'll sign off on it. And, I, and it. and it happened just like that. But yeah, without me, Melo don't go to Melo don't go to New York, man. So and, and New York don't have a uh, New York don't have a seven years of some uh, some great basketball. And then you know what I'm saying, and then hey. yeah. But you know the irony of all that. Talk to us. Remember when Chicago said we could trade you to New York or Denver? Yeah. And look and what happened years later. Yep. Even though, even though, even though I ended up, it was a three-way team deal, and I ended up going to Minnesota. Yeah, but I had already worked out with the Timberwolves. They were gonna just buy me out because they really wanted to, their young people to play. It was like I ain't gonna waste your time. We'll just, right. we'll just buy you out. Pay me my money. Yeah, they gave me every dime. <laughs> I went from New York back to the crib in Chicago. Pay me my money. Yeah. So then, how do you end up in Miami? Good question. Well, because at first I was going to the season was still going on. I was going to sign with the Heat at the end of the season uh, for the playoffs, and then uh, Pat Riley and the whole staff, everyone, everybody came in. Pat, Spo, Mickey, uh, Fizz, everyone came in to Chicago to talk to me and stuff, and we just agreed that I would come next year so I could be there for the whole year. Instead of just being in the playoffs, we felt like it would be just a little bit too too much, too much. to ask of me right. to just 
uh, to be sitting out. Because at that point, I had been out for about two months because oh, uh, the trade had went down. And then I was back home in Chicago just chilling. I was working out from time to time, but I was really just chilling. And so, um, so yeah, but then the, uh, the lockout happened. And then uh, once the lockout right. lifted, um, Pat Riley was the first person to call me. My phone rang, and he's like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, I wasn't. But I was like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, it's Pat Riley calling like, me. Yeah, right? Because it was crazy because, bro, it was going down to the last hour, bro. And I can remember me and my homeboy, uh, Vess, and I'm like, man, ain't going to be no season. Because at that, at that point, they were like, yo, we got one more meeting, and if – if this don't happen, then the season over with. Like, I can remember Kobe and them dudes was trying to put together, like, some little... Their own thing, right. Their own little thing at that point. And so right. I really was like, oh, it's over with. Ain't no season happening. And I can remember right. it was, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. My boy came to me and was like, bro, the season's going on. The season's about to happen. I said, man, you lying, bro. And sure enough, bro, I looked. I'm like, oh, my God. I think I was looking at, like, hoops hype or something like that. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. so... Yeah, bro. Literally the next morning, bro. Nah, maybe that night. Maybe like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, Pat Riley called me. Like, it was the first call I got. He was like, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. That was crazy. So so now you go into a situation where there's LeBron, yeah. there's D-Wade, there's Bosh. Right. They just made the finals a year prior they lost. But now it's like... I'm going to probably on the Eagles, Randy. You was on the Heatles? I was on the Heatles, bro. You was on the Heatles. Randy, was on the Heatles. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Like I, I want to know: Are you wearing the ring right now? No. <laughs> oh, no. Man. You know, it's one of them things, bro. Like I ain't played none in the playoffs, bro. I ain't like so. It was, it was one of them things where it's like I'm happy. I have yeah. a championship next to my name, but I didn't feel like it was. I didn't feel like it was mine, honestly, bro. You know no. what I'm saying? Like the whole moment was dope. It was really dope, bro, to be a part of that, bro. To be able to witness it from that close, bro, and to be in that locker room was crazy. But, like, I don't know. I just kind of felt like it would have been different had I won it with that Chicago team or had I won it with the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I really was there for a long-ass time, bro. And, you know, I knew people in the building. I knew everybody from, from the garden. I knew everybody from, you know what I'm saying, uh, the practice facility, bro. Like, it just would have felt different. You know what I mean? I knew people in restaurants. I just knew the city like that. And Miami showed me a lot of love, bro. I knew a lot of people there, too. But it was just, like I said, it just would have felt a little more, I would have felt a little more attached to it, you know, had I really, truly been a part of it, you know. And now now is a time in the NBA where it's like, you know, Miami felt like the fucking Beatles, the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Where they went, sold out, they got booed, LeBron was the quote-unquote bad guy, the heel. Yeah. But it was just like, something in the NBA that we haven't seen before. I know we've seen the big three with uh, Ray Allen, KG, and Paul Pierce, but this was something different. I know they, they made the trades, but now in Miami, it's like, all right, I'm a free agent. I can go anywhere I want. And they chose the Heat. And it was like, wow, this is something really crazy and a different LeBron, um, Spolster coaching. I always loved the Miami Heat culture. Mm. It was like, for me as a fan, as the TV audience, we were watching every single game that they played. Even when LeBron went back to Cleveland, it was fucking crazy. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure when you were around them, it's like everywhere you went, it was like a, a rock band going across the world. It was crazy, bro. I, I can't even like – I'm trying to think of what I could compare it to, bro. I really can't compare anything no. to it. Like to be around – 
D-Wade without LeBron is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, the love he gets in Miami is... Wade County. It's crazy, bro. Like, I mean, bro had... Like, when I was in Chicago and stuff, I would get car deals and stuff with, like, Chevy or, you know what I'm saying? I get a free, I get a free suburban for like a year type deal. And then they'll switch me out at the end of the year. Mm. This man would get deals with McLaren, bro. They were doing like custom McLarens for him for free with basketball leather on the inside. They would drop it. I remember he had a birthday party, bro, at, at one of the hotels. They dropped the McLaren in off a crane, bro, right by the pool, bro. Like, I'm like, this is next level, bro. Like, Pat Riley had a party at his house for Christmas one year, bro, and it was like he had a real stage, like not a, not just a little fake stage, like a stage in his backyard, bro, right on the water. Patty LaBelle did a whole concert, bro, like a well, whole yeah. concert, bro. He Randy, had a big, he had Randy, this big pool, bro, huh? Yeah, I was gonna say Eddie Randy. Don't you know that that's that's the norm when you when you when you reach a certain level, mm. you know, it's the McLaren, man, and then the stage in the back. <laughs> It's, it's, it's next level, bro. He had a yacht parked in the back, bro. He had, he had like, he had like see-through glass over his pool, bro. Pat Riley did, and Hublot, Hublot, Hublot sponsored the party, so it would be these little pillars, bro. These little clear pillars with these dope Hublot watches in them, bro. And at the end of the party, all the players got free Hublots, bro. Like for this is like for those that don't know Hublot, Google how much a Hublot is, and then you'll understand. Yeah, this was this was crazy, bro. Like this was like, like they playing with a different type of money down there, bro. Like, they, yeah, they doing something different. But a lot of it, like I said, is relationships too. Is what they mean, you know, to that city. So, but when LeBron got there, like being around LeBron and anywhere is like, yeah, it was it was different level. Uh, I, I think again, man. okay. So I think I think to answer your question, because they asked you what what can you compare it to, and I think Randy, we've asked this question before mm-hmm. um, when it comes to uh, LeBron turning heel, and I think I compared it to Hulk Hogan going to WCW mm-hmm. and forming NWO. That is the only comparison that I have to where mm-hmm. it was just like. And then every episode after that, WCW Nitro, every episode after that, every Monday, dudes was like, yo, 8 o'clock. No Got to watch it. But, you know, honestly, like when I was there, though, I think he was playing that heel role the year before I got there, when he first got to Miami. Yes, yes. The year I got there, he was different. You know what I'm saying? And the only place that really didn't love LeBron was Boston and Cleveland still. I can imagine that. And you know that the first year was Dallas, right? But, yeah, but everywhere else, those were home games for LeBron, bro. Like, those are home games, bro. See, you you really love somebody, me. You t- yeah, you talk about somebody who played. He do- he just he doesn't cheat you, man. Like, he doesn't cheat you, bro. And, as, and being in that position, bro, I know what it's like to be a starter on a team, bro, and to go into Charlotte, bro. And to look in the crowd, and there's nobody here, and it's just like this game ain't on national TV. There you go. Back home, sleep. There you go. It's like you you got to reach from somewhere deep, bro. But with LeBron, he's never off, bro. He's never gonna cheat you, bro. He's never gonna cheat you, bro. So I know you're a Chicago native. I get all that. I know the constant debate is Michael or LeBron. I'm gonna. I, I'm I'm on Team Jordan. I think Denny's on Team. Jordan too, you want Jordan? You, you want know that? Okay, so 
one, is it fair to compare? Two, if you, if, if this is the barbershop debate, someone say, Eddie, yo, who you got, LeBron or Michael? Who you going with? It's a disrespectful question to ask Randy. Uh, to ask Eddie, uh, Randy. I, I, mean, disrespectful I, think, question. I, I think it's unfair to debate, honestly. It's very unfair, especially who you're asking, okay. too. I feel, like, I, feel like, I feel like how was like, man, how Hova said they got him fighting ghosts. I feel like that's how LeBron LeBron's fighting ghosts at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know, man. Me being from Chicago, I gotta say, I gotta say Michael. I gotta say MJ because I will get crucified from Q. Like, <laughs> you, you, like you don't even understand, bro. Protect yourself. Protect yourself. You right. don't even understand, bro. Q, me and Q has some heated, heated debates, bro. Over like, who? Over what? Over by Jordan. Jordan, Jordan LeBron, like oh really? Debates. Like it, it, it gets there. It gets there. Mm-hmm. I gotta remind them, like, bro, this is just what I think, bro. Like, it's not personal. I still, you, my brother. I love you, bro. Like, relax. So, <laughs> because I think you might watch this, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna well, say, you know, uh, listen, Michael. Protected, I understand, but you're you're 100 right. Me and Randy go back and forth. Uh, we've gone back and forth with a bunch of guests having this conversation and you you get to you know once you move the errors to the side once you move the physical specimens of each person's aside talking about in their primes yeah for me the separation uh for me with lebron and and and, and jordan is it's just the killer instinct mm-hmm. jordan had that one thing that lebron um, doesn't it doesn't take away from LeBron, but he doesn't have that. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, he got that thing Kobe had, bro. I'm going to kill you every possession, yeah. but, every single one. But I think LeBron do it differently, though. Yes, I just think he does it yes. differently, bro. I think that, I think him and Jordan are two different players, man. There you go. And I just think um, if you asking somebody from my era, bro, I'm gonna probably have to say Jordan, just because. I know that feeling that I get when MJ's in the room, bro. Like it's like the Messiah walked in, bro. And I, but I also know that LeBron gets that same thing from people that grew up in his era, you know, and kids that grew up watching him. So kids, I get it, bro. I just think it's just kids just watching kids. Era. Kids watching LeBron. I got something for you guys. Hey guys, hey guys, check this out. Watch this. Watch this. You ready, <clears throat> Mr. Curry? Uh-huh. How many pairs of Jordans have you had over your over your uh, long playing time career? Oh man, hundreds, hundreds, thousands. Randy, 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 how many how many pairs of Jordans have you and your brother owned over a period of time? Quite a few, mm, quite yes, a few. Yes, yes, when they start putting LeBron James in cartoons that Disney and Pixar start making, mm-hmm. then we can have conversations about who is the quote unquote the guy or the messiah or the goat when then you talk about space jams space jam too talking about space jams talking about guys that are wearing sneakers to this day talking about okay if i'm a guy and i'm looking to get fly for the i'm looking to get fly for these streets we're gonna walk out to the streets and be like i want i want everybody to be like ooh, mm. you're putting on jordans of course Rest my case hallelujah i have one more question <laughs> go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead Rest my case, hallelujah. I have one more question before we get out of here. I, I mean, I obviously, you, I think you want to touch base a couple more things, but you, real I, quick, I, yeah, yeah, you want to touch base a couple more things. Um, but before I, I lose my track, so uh, we just talked about Jordan. You know what, Randy? You mentioned Miami, right? So mm-hmm. right now, we're obviously towards the end of Miami. He you win the ring, you have the ring now at this point. So, mm-hmm. Eddie, uh, 
So you're, you're looking at, okay, now that the season's over, what's, what's the next move at this point? So with you, when it comes to, yeah, when Miami's yeah. over. Um, so it was crazy because I thought I was going to come back to Miami. I really did. Like, I felt like I'd done enough in practice. I'd done enough to show them that I was committed and, but didn't get an offer at all. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to China. And that's what I ended up doing. I ended up getting a crazy offer from China. Went over there. Bag. Got a crazy, crazy, crazy bag in China. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, but playing in China, bro, like you playing on the, the hardest possible floors, like the conditions are not what I was used to. I was spoiled, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Playing in uh, NBA. Yeah, playing in the NBA um, over there. You know, the, the owners of the team, even the players, some of the players on my team, would just flame up a cigarette in the locker room after the game. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow. Like, wow. And y'all wonder why we losing? Like, <laughs> first thing you did was flame a cigarette up. Like, are you serious? Like, wow. So that, that, that was crazy, bro. But it was dope, though, you know, learning the culture and just, you know, experiencing something different. Like, that's something I would recommend to anybody, bro. Go to China. Go to one of these countries, bro, and really – Man, see how good you have it, and just see how different it is out here, bro. Just see, just see how people out here living, bro. It's it's, it's really eye opening. But um, but yeah, so I went to China, bro. Came back home, and I mean, pretty much, I just was like, man, I I kind of just wanted some time to raise the kids, bro, and and really just step away from from all the all of that, you know. Um, at that point, I really I knew I wasn't what I was before, at least not to owners and whatever so i was like you know what i'm not that 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 part of me is it's done let me move on we ended up moving to la and uh that was that man so real quick with the china with the china thing did you look at the success that marberry had in china and say you know what maybe if my career in the nba is over i can just go ahead and do what what he does absolutely and he was actually one of the first people I talked to when I went over there because we, you know, we played in the same league. And I can remember talking to him and he's like, bro, like you can do the same thing I'm doing over here, but you got to embrace it. You got to embrace the culture. You got to embrace the people. You got to embrace the attitudes. You got to embrace all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly. You got to embrace it all and you can do the same thing. I couldn't do it. I was too fresh out of the NBA and I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't. I can't deal with this, man. Like I can't. Shout out to I mean, step, shout out to step. Yeah, because shout out to I was I was over there missing my family, bro. I'm like, it was a lot, bro. I was counting days down until it was time to go back home, and it's 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 almost impossible to to be successful at anything if you that far away and you just don't and your heart's not in it, you know. That tells you the mindset that Steph had to have a statue out there. Absolutely, no, for sure, <laughs> no, for sure. Like, man, you talk like you talk about Steph, like. Like I was over there still eating KFC, bro. I, I couldn't eat the the local food. I'm like, and Steph, bro, he got the chopsticks, bro. Yeah. He eating fish heads and all that. Like Steph is all in, bro. He's all in. I respect him for it because I, I couldn't do it, bro. I couldn't do it. <laughs> now, I think it was him. I think also Jennings was there too. Yeah, Brandon Jennings Brandon. was there. Matter of fact, uh, the year I went, um. Uh, T Mac came too. T Mac was there. T Mac was out um, there for a little bit too. Uh, Gilbert was there playing with Yao's team. Uh, it was throwing out some bags. God's like, yo, we'll take, we'll take that. We'll just big, take that. Big real quick. Bags. Word. Really <laughs> we'll big take bags. that real quick. Really no problem. Bags. 
That was the year after well, JR went during the lockout, I think. Something like mm. that, right? Yeah. That's something crazy too. But uh yeah, man, it was it was it was some nice, it was some real nice bags floating around over there for sure. So when your career is officially done, did you feel like you know certain players feel like you know they get hurt and then their whole shit is done and it's it's not on their watch, not not on their time. Did you feel like when that time was there, like you know what? I gave everything I had. I I did my time in the NBA. I went overseas, made a lot of money. I networked, and it was the right time to go. Or did you feel like, man? I wish I had. I can give another year or two to somebody on on a, on a good team or something like that. No, I knew I couldn't. Uh, Cause like honestly, like the year um, the year Zebo came, bro. Like that summer after he was there, like, I remember we were playing one-on-one, just messing around, bro, and I tweaked my knee a little bit. That little tweak in my meniscus just, it just started, it just really formed a, just a downward spiral um, from procedures and just, it would mm-hmm. swell up all the time. I would have to go into the city to get it, like, drained, get, like, get all these tubes of fluid drained down my knee. Then it would go from that to overcompensating to the other knee. Then it would go from that to just me, like, you know, after after a while, I couldn't be on my legs much without just the irritation. So now I'm picking up even more weight. And it's just before I knew it, I'm just like, man, that's just too much, man. Even to get in shape, to stay in shape, to like it's like I'm hurting myself. I'm um, talking to doctors and they realize and they're like, man, you know, you're developing arthritis in your knees. And, you know, just all the I probably had four different meniscus surgeries. So, you know, for people that don't know, when you when you get a meniscus surgery, like they just cut, they, they cut away the frayed area, but it's nothing that goes back there. You're just losing more and more cartilage every time you do it. So eventually it's like bone on bone. And then eventually I need a microfracture, knee replacement, all that type of stuff. I'm just like, no, nah, I can't, I can't do this, bro. Like I can't do this. I can't cheat the game. I can't cheat my family. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to walk with a limp the rest of my life. I got to figure out another way. Right. Any more, Danny? You fucked the uh, rapid fire for Eddie real quick. Any more? My last. I'll be, I'll, can I? Can I ask one rapid fire? Because even rapid fire, we're, closing, we're about to close up, right? I got you. I got you. Listen, Go an alien lands on this Earth. Now you mentioned movies earlier, right? You mentioned movies. Right. You're movie movie guy. Movie guy. Right. Okay, definitely. It, alien lands on this Earth. Takes human form. Says okay. Eddie. Says Eddie. I I'm. I want to get into movies. Okay. Can you give me three top tier movies that I should get into immediately? That three you would, that you that you would suggest I immediately watch before anything else. Three movies that you would suggest me as an the, alien. Uh, okay, I would say you got to watch The Dark Knight. Mm. I would say you got to watch. Uh, um, what's my movie, man? This is like my all-time favorite. Um, The Usual Suspects. Mm, Kaiser Sose. Kaiser Sose. Come on, baby. And then you gotta watch. Uh, you gotta watch the uh, Four Christmases, bro. I think I think Four Christmases is the funniest movie I ever seen. Four Christmases. <laughs> Four Christmases is that with Vince Vaughn. Yes. And, and, I and Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Yes. When they're about to go That's, to Fiji. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the funniest <laughs> movie I ever seen, bro. I think those, those are, I think those nice. movies will get you right, bro. Nice, nice. You got a little, got like a balance there. I like got that. Got some balance. Got some balance there. Yeah, that's nice. So, I know you mentioned Dark Knight, 
Anybody who, who who knows me well, Dark Knight is probably my top, definitely top ten, definitely top five, might be top three. But always that convo, like who was the best Joker of all time? Is it Heath? Heath is it Jack? Is it Joaquin Phoenix? Heath is Ledger. Heath the best? Heath. Heath Ledger, bro. Heath 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 was shaking a Joker and spat on someone. I said, bro. <laughs> Joker yeah. does that. He said, he said, I say, yo. That role was amazing, bro. Like, I've never seen, I don't know another, I don't know another movie where I'm like, he's he's him, bro. I know he took a piece of Joker with him in his in the rest of his life. You know, I know his life mm -hmm. is quite short, but I know he took a piece of that role with him, bro. Or that was already in him from the start, but one or the other, bro, because that was mm -hmm. incredible. And, and Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, he did an incredible job too in that Joker movie. Like that was incredible. But I feel like that whole movie was for Joker. So I think, I think you, I think it's it's safe to say that you're gonna get an idea of who Joker is if you watch him for two straight hours. I think Heath Ledger was a piece of Dark Knight, and he just took it over, bro. So is the Dark Knight the greatest? Superhero movie of all time because not everybody says Avengers and this and that. Nah, I get it, but to me, I have Dark Knight. I have Dark Knight number one. Yeah, I got Dark Knight number one for sure. Mm, I don't even know if no Dark Knight's the best Batman. What? See, see here. You <laughs> what? What you like, Batman and Robin or something like that? You gonna tell me Batman and Robin was? Or you gonna say the very the first one? Uh, so here you go. Here you go. Stars <laughs> okay, well, and shit. So talk to me about talk. Yeah, to me I can't about lie. The though. first, the first one was crazy too, though. With uh, Danny Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. That, well, was, that one was crazy too. That one was crazy. What do, you, what do you think about the most recent one with uh, Patterson? Patterson, I believe the name is. Oh, the guy from Twilight. The Batman. The Batman. Okay. Eddie Curry said no. Okay. Now just keep moving. I right. like Twilight. First of all, mm -hmm. I thought Twilight so, was good. So for me to watch Batman, I'm only seeing it threw you Batman, off. Bro. It threw you off. It threw right. me vampire. off. It threw me All off. Right. I'm All sorry. Right. And I and I and I don't like typecasting people because I feel like people do NBA players like that. Like I don't want to see my NBA well, rap. I don't want to see him yeah. do this. You can only hoop. Like nigga, I, bro, I can't hoop no more. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm 40. Will you please allow me to podcast? Will you exactly. please allow me to do this or that? You know what I mean? Like so, but so I get that, but. When I, I felt see the, him and Batman, bro, I only I see the, Edward, bro. I felt the same way with uh, George Clooney. I saw ER. I saw him on the sitcom in ER. I didn't see him as George Clooney. I did not now, see him as Batman whatsoever. Ooh, mm. you know what? Since you mentioned George Clooney, bro. Talk to uh, Oceans. The Ocean oh, series. You said, okay, oh, oh, double back, go to see the Ocean series? Okay. Those Oceans movies, bro. And, okay. and, uh, What's the what's the movie when them when they when that, when all of them went to uh when they went to Vegas uh Hangover Hangover those Hangover oh, Hangover stuff too no you got a good hangover too, yes, bro. yes some good handle mm, definitely yeah. good, definitely good handle of a bunch of movies that are dope Absolutely. yeah oh. yeah so I'll start, I'll do the rapid fire right from here you got it all you go so Eddie Curry if you have to pick your Mount Rushmore of actors slash actresses. Who would you pick? Mm. Good question. You want to mix it? You want to say actors and actresses, or do you want to keep? You want to say any any or? Do you, it doesn't matter. Any or, any or. Like your four favorite actors. How many? How many? How many people on Mount Rushmore? Four or five? Four. Four, four people. 
There you go. I'm going Denzel. Mm. I'm going Holly Berry. Ain't going to get nothing on me. Holly Berry. Love should have left you home last night. Look, I just me? gave you two. I just gave you two <laughs> movie references. Boomerang. Rip. Who am I? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Ben Stiller, man. I love Ben Stiller, bro. Along wow, came Polly. Ben Stiller. And then I'm going to go. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. The Great. Oh, Capote. Mm. Raindrops. <laughs> Let it rain. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, either Al Pacino or or De Niro. I'll you don't. Go, you don't lose out on either or, bro. Yeah, I'll probably go De Niro. I'll probably go De Niro. No, it's like no. Okay, hold up. I know I miss some people, bro. It's some people. I'm not gonna miss nobody. That's I know you did. Some spectacular people out no, there. You did. You did. Okay. But, just I mean, just to touch on touch up on what you mentioned. Your favorite Denzel movie is what? My favorite Denzel movie is probably Training Day. Mm-hmm. It might be Training Day, but I also mm-hmm. like the uh, what's the movie, bro? Uh, Man on Fire. Time is on our side. Yes, it is. Remember when? Uh, Who else is in it with, with Denzel? When, when, when somebody would die, the evil spirit would like go through the people. Oh, oh, you know what I'm talking. The, I know you're talking about. I forget the name of the Denzel? movie. Yeah, he, he's he, well. Who else was in that movie with him? Though? I'm trying to remember what. Not, movie not, that not was. Devil Blue Dress, right? Ah, uh, it was a kid in there. It was a kid actor. Not John Q. Not John Q. Not bro, John this was Q. like kind of a scary movie. It had John Goodman in there too. Come oh, on, bro, y'all know up. the movie, bro. Right, now, now you see you. Now you gonna do me? Okay, John Goodman and Denzel. I gotta do. What it. is it? John Goodman. Fallen. Fallen. Fallen? Y'all never saw Fallen, bro? Oh, Fallen. I, Let me see. I might have. I don't. I. I Fallen wasn't. I don't recall it. Fallen wasn't for me. No, Fallen wasn't for me. Fallen was crazy. You had a bunch of people. Was like, he was like, he was like an attorney or something like that. And then the dude, the dude uh, gets executed. And right when he gets executed, the little his spirit comes out and it starts oh, going man. jumping into different people. It jumped into Denzel's brother at one oh, point, man. bro. Like I mean, it was crazy. This movie was crazy. You had heavy hitters in there. You had Denzel, you had John Goodman, you had Don Sullivan, you had James Gandolfini. That movie was crazy, bro. When the movie started, he's like, I gotta tell y'all a story about the time I almost died. Then at the end of the movie, bro, I don't want to give I don't want to give a spoiler, but at the end, he was like, Remember, I told y'all I almost died because it looked like he died. Because you mm-hmm. had to like you had to like die and not be around anybody. So when the spirit came out of you, it only had a certain amount of time before it could find somebody else. So he had to go like in the middle of nowhere. And then like he poisoned himself or something like that. Denzel poisoned himself. And that way he was able to get rid of the spirit. But I think he ended up coming back to, he came back or something. I forgot how it was, but he was like, remember, you guys remember I told you about the time I almost died. And it was Mm. was crazy. (laughs) Hey, shut up. <laughs> you ain't almost die, Eddie. You almost die. Well, well, Danny, right, right, right down falling. No, I got it right here. I got it right here. Am I wrong for saying that Scarface is kind of sort of uh, overrated and like New Jack City is better than Scarface? No. You're not, not wrong for that. I would say you're wrong for saying it's overrated, though. I think a little I, bit, I, a little I, overrated, little. Nah, bro, Scarface was crazy. I know it was, but and just what it meant to the culture, bro. Just what it meant to just I don't know, man. Scarface was crazy, bro. I love Scarface. I can't even lie. Scarface was insane, bro. 
So if you have Scarface DVD in one hand and New Jack in the other hand, which I'm one taking, are you watching? I'm taking first? Rock a Bye, baby. I'm taking New Jack City. No question. There you go. It's the better movie. It's the better it's movie. The b- 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 better movie, Dutterman. <laughs> I think I think I think New Jack is a better movie for sure. But I do I don't I don't think uh I don't think I don't think Scarface is overrated. I think that's no Scarface was needed for the time. Blasphemous. That's borderline blasphemous. Scarface was needed. You didn't even say that. It's needed for the time. Was needed for music. It was needed for the culture. I've had more than I've had people more than two hands be like, you know what? I agree. Okay, maybe maybe it ain't just me. Yeah, that's fine, bro. That's fine. Scarface tracks him from like being this kid that came from wherever he came from, Sicily or wherever. And mm-hmm. like didn't have nothing, bro. And then came to America, bro. On a to boat live the American dream, bro. Got into the cocaine and stuff and just mm-hmm. became a savage man. Like, that's a crazy movie, bro. When you think of belly, I don't think you have belly if you don't have Scarface, no. bro. No. You never you never okay. see belly. I think it's a lot of movies that you never see if Scarface. Well, you don't see there, New Jack, bro. you don't see New Jack because of Scarface. The, the director even said it yourself. The director said it himself. So Lil Wayne don't make the Carter without New Jack City, without bro. New Jack, baby. I'm a Lil Wayne stan, so trust me. Hey, uh, Eddie, your favorite sports or basketball movie? Um, uh, what's the movie with Omar Epps and uh, Omar Epps and uh, Sonia Lathan? Love and basketball. Love and basketball. Love and basketball. Okay. I think right, that's. Okay. Yeah, I can't. Boy, get no. He got game. He okay, got he, game. Got game. he got game. He got game. I can't. Yeah. He got, he game. got game. Yeah. I can't get over. He got game and um and white man can't jump. Those two, I'll watch. Oh, white man can't jump TV. is my joint right there, bro. I can't. I will watch him every single time. But I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. He got game, bro. Just cause, man, Jesus Shuttlesworth, man. To me, that was like that. Was, that. That felt like what 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 dudes was going through, bro. That's exactly what dudes was going through. That felt like what dudes exactly. was going through, bro. Then you had Ray Allen. Like, come on, man. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. What about hey? What about when Denzel when Denzel chopped bro in the neck? Like, what you say? I can't hear you. <laughs> put him to sleep. Yeah. Like, put him to sleep, bro, bro. He said, "Do you know me?" Do you know my lady? Why are you looking at me with all that familiarity? <laughs> nah, Denzel's, Denzel's wild. Um, oh, shit. Aside from Chicago and New York, your favorite basketball arena to play in? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, for some reason, I really like playing in uh, Sacramento. Arco? Is it Arco? Arco Arena. Hmm. I love playing. I used to got some really good games there. It was something about the, it was the perfect, like, I don't know, like. It's LA, small. LA felt really big and just like, uh, it was too many lights, bro. It almost mm-hmm. felt like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you own this, you play on this platform, bro. And it's just so mm-hmm. bright. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt, I felt, I felt like playing in Sacramento was just perfect. Arco had like a college feel, though. It had a college feel to it. It was mm-hmm. nice and dark. The rims were soft, bro. Like the way the court was kind of positioned, nice and low. Like you just could get in there and just get busy, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
it was something dope about about playing in there. So I know who you might pick, but who is your favorite player that is that is now turned media? Favorite player now turned media? <laughs> I mean, I gotta say Jamal. Honestly, mm. I mean he's young in it. If I'm gonna go with somebody more established, I go. Uh, I like Jay Rose a lot. Okay. Jay Rose is the man. Fifty grand. Jay Rose. Cause I'm thinking he might pick Q Rich and um, D Miles. I like Q Rich. I mean, see, I wasn't thinking when I when I'm thinking media, I'm thinking like ESPN, TNT. Oh, okay. But if we talking, yeah, podcasts, of course, those are my bros. I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. them for sure. Yeah. Okay. Give me a coach. But I also, I also like, I also like Matt and uh, and Stack. They're my boys too. I play with, uh, I play oh, very with, with both of those guys. Um, very knowledgeable. I play with Matt in, in New York. I play with Stack in the Big Three. Um, had a brief, a really brief interaction with Stack in uh, San Antonio. I was there for training camp one year. So mm-hmm. love Stack, love Matt. Real, Q, real guys. Yep. All them dudes, bro. Yep. <clears throat> Name me a coach that you wish you would have played for. Um, Alvin Gentry. Mm-hmm. I just okay. felt like Alvin. I felt like if I would have been with Alvin out the gate, he would have just he would have gave me the ball and said, "Man, go to work, young fella." I just feel like that would have turned me up a lot sooner. <clears throat> well, it just so happens you mentioned that real quick, and then you get back to your. Uh, yeah, I got two more. That's it. Two more. Yeah, it just so happens that um, I was looking at a, a, a thread about basketball coaches and how half the league now I think is uh, African American, right? American basketball coaches. Yeah. It should be it should be ninety eight percent of the league. To be honest with you, I just think it's a different type of uh, look and feel when someone that's been through it that looks like you and giving you motivation to do uh what you're supposed to do so yeah picking that up a little bit yes sir Go ahead, Randy. we mentioned jordan kicks if you can only keep three which ones you're keeping um you're gonna have pat leather this you're gonna have the 11s i mean i like the 11s bro but but not, but not to hoop in they kind of hurt your feet like the the the, the pattern for me, they always kind of hurt. Okay. My mm-hmm. I like I like to swag them though. If I was going, but I feel like they so one of a kind. You gotta have 11s in your in, in your in your stash somewhere. So I would go 11s. There you go. I would go sevens, and I would go fours. Mm. Yeah. But honorable mention, I'm going fives. I'm going threes. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going yeah. eights. Yeah, yeah, and nines. Honestly, I like everything and thirteens. I like See, everything. That's like not how it works, bro. You got to pick 13, three. No, that's not how it works. I need, I need thirteen to one. I'm good. Everything See, there you I, go. You to keep go. it. Right, above. Keep it. And he said three. No, fuck that. It's crazy. 10. It's crazy. <laughs> Bro, Q Ridge be like, oh, no, nah, man, the Russell Westbrook, why not? And this and that and the 25. Mm. Bro, them trash. Bro. <laughs> all of them people, bro. No, nothing after 13s, bro. Nothing after 13s. It just, it just seems as if they, um, Nike, um, was like, hey, you guys that have designed these beautiful sneakers before, stop. Just stop. 
they just stopped so and point, they didn't. At this point, you, you gave us the logo, so we'll just put whatever and call it the Jordan 75. It don't matter. Like, nah, give me them 13s, 12s, 11s, 10s. Like, them, them shoes used to mean the 10s will have all, all of his, like, accomplishments at the bottom, bro. And oh, just uh, the, the, the zebra eggs on the shoes, man. Like, that used to mean something, bro. Like, man. I think for me, real quick, the the fives, the, I think my favorite might be the sevens because they had the Bordeaux, the Olympic sevens. Yeah. The, um, the Raptor joints. And the Bucks, the infrared joints was crazy too, though. Right, I'm like, I'm probably my favorite Jordans, bro. Like the infrareds, mm-hmm. they're probably the, my favorite ones. Yeah. My last question is this: I pick if you were picking your all-time five by position, your favorite point guard, two guard, three, four, and five of all time. Who are you picking? Uh, all time. Walk right in the room, yeah. Walk right in the room. You can snap. They know. Say, let's do it. Bring them in. They know. I'm going Shaq. Shaq at center. I'm going going Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett the four. Hmm. I'm going. He's putting LeBron somewhere in there. That's more forward. I'm 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 gonna put. I'm gonna put Bron at three. There you go. Put LeBron somewhere. That's three. You can't argue that so far. I'm going MJ. That's two. No problem. That makes sense. Damn. And I'm gonna go. Uh, somebody getting the ass whooped. Just want to let you know. Somebody getting the ass whooped. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Magic. Yeah. Magic. Magic Michael, LeBron, Garnett, and Shaq. That team whooping somebody ass. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, if you put Tim Duncan with, you know, I'm just putting him. Tim Duncan with Kevin Garnett at the four. I got them big boys that can run like deers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's unfair. Who would you go with, Denny? Who you who who uh who would you pick your five real quick? I don't I don't I mean I can switch. Don't you magic. say that? Nah, no, 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 don't do that. Come on, man. you gotta pick. You gotta pick. I'm a pick. I'm a pick. I'm a pick. I'm a pick. Me, me, me. I'm a pick. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd at the one. We're gonna do mm-hmm. Kobe at the two. We're gonna do um we're gonna do Kevin Durant at the three. Kenny. We're going to do. At the four, I'm going to do Tim A. Okay. Tim Duncan at the four. Tim Duncan at the four. Hard to argue him at the four. And you already have Shaq. Um, all time. I'll throw Olajuwon at him. Let him go to work at that. Alonzo? No, Olajuwon. Oh, I thought Alonzo. you said Alonzo. I'm going to say, what? The dream. <laughs> okay. Okay. The dream. The dream. The dream. The dream. Alonzo got to vote. The dream. Uh, I got JK, Jordan, Olajuwon. Yeah. Damn, yeah. I'm gonna say Leave, fuck look, that. I'm putting I'm putting Durant at the four. I thought you were gonna say Larry Johnson. <laughs> I you were gonna say Larry Johnson. Oh, you said no? KD at the four. Larry. Oh, he's gonna work by Tim Duncan. Yeah, but Tim Duncan gotta come out to the three-point line and guard me. How he look, how he look guarding LeBron. <laughs> he looked terrible guarding LeBron. I got LeBron at three. I got I got J Kid, Jordan, LeBron, KD, and um Elijah. Not you're not gonna say you're not gonna, so wait, so wait, so wait, so wait. You're not gonna say uh Pat Ewing. Nobody no, gonna not. say Pat Ewing. No, he's point. not he's I, not stupid. I, honestly, I'm not gonna say Pat Ewing because during Ewing's heyday, I was a big Chicago Bull fan. And I'm not saying Ewing's a bum or anything, but I I 
he wasn't one of my he was not one of my favorite players. How you gonna have for all purposes, this is a New York podcast. Okay. And neither one of you dudes gonna say, y'all not gonna put one nick. You're not gonna say, Oh, I'm objecting. No, no, first y'all of all, not, I'm not a bogus, man. He, he is. No, I'm I'm objective. He's not a, he's a Nick fan. I'm not number one. Number two, Patrick Ewing's on the dream team. Hey, but does that mean he was better than Shaq or Olajuwon? I mean, if you, ask a, if you ask a die-hard New Yorker, they are going to have one, maybe two people on their all-time list. But I'm a Knicks sure. fan now. I was not a Knicks fan during that time. That's the big difference. I was a fan yeah. from 99 once Sprewell got there and on. Okay. So wait, you need to tell me these Knicks fans is, is picking – Allen Houston all time over Jordan. Somebody, somebody gonna put John <laughs> somebody gonna put Starks on that team. Somebody gonna put uh what's my Clyde Frazier on that team. Nah, somebody nah, definitely I mean, gonna put Clyde. Somebody nah. gonna put Walt Clyde Frazier. I put Kyrie, I put Kyrie above put Kyrie. Uh, <laughs> Burn, for real. See, hey, Kyrie, I, crazy with it. Hey, what? Uh, Kyrie's nasty, bro. Kyrie's, Kyrie's Kyrie, nasty. Bro. Um, Eddie, my last question to you. I, you know, I mentioned the Knicks. Give my team some hope. You know, you mentioned World Wide West and Leon Rose, and they're in the mix with the Knicks. They, they're doing – they made the playoff last year as a four seed. Uh, not this year, but you can see the, the, the development of the young guys. What have you been able to see from the Knicks team currently? Yeah, I definitely saw, uh, like you said, the year before you saw some really good things. Um, I think you saw some good things this year too, but you, you what you saw was um, a concentrated effort to stop Julius Randle. Um, I think that uh, um, that's, that's, that's a tough thing to deal with. People don't understand, bro. Once the whole league understands you're that guy on the team, bro, it changes, bro. Mm. Uh, the the schemes change, and not only is it hard for you as the player, but the rest of the team got to adjust to it also. Um, their 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 looks change, their open looks change. Um, the coach, the your own coach, has to change the way he gets you the ball. Um, so I just think it's I think it's I think it's multiple. It's multiple. It's 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 it's, it's more than just. Uh, I don't think I don't think they took that far. I don't think they took as many steps back as you as as it as it appeared to be. Um, I think Kimba could have helped them also, but that's just me. I don't know what happened with that situation, but mm-hmm. yeah, bro. I'm I, I would I would still be excited if I was a Knicks fan. I mean, I, I consider myself a Knicks fan just because I got so many so much family over there right now. I mean, I'm I'm excited for the Knicks. I think they're gonna be great. I think. Uh, if I know Wes and I know Leon, man, somebody gonna it's gonna be one of them trades. So it's gonna be a trade, and everybody gonna be looking like, "What the Knicks got them? What?" Mm-hmm. It's gonna be one of them type of trades, whether it's a Westbrook or, you know, what I'm saying. But you know, E, there are a lot of diehard Knicks fans that, um, that fall in love with everybody on the team, and it's like once you mention that one guy in the trade room, is like, no, I, I gotta keep him, I gotta keep him, but they don't well, know. Yeah, you can't keep everybody though. And yeah. I think that uh I think they'll keep their young guy. Um RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett, he showed he showed he's stepping up, bro. He's playing yeah. like he's playing like what we thought he should what what we what he, we thought he should have been playing like. So I think they'll keep him. And if they traded Randall, 
would the city be mad? I don't think so. Especially after like what he did, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just one of them things. I think he still got good good value. And I think that he's a great player, man. He's incredible. So I think if they trade him, the city would be okay with it. And if they kept him, the city would be okay with it. And I think if they do keep him, you'll see a, a different you you'll see a different uh player this year. So oh. we're in a good spot, right? We're in a good spot right now. You're in a great spot, bro. Y'all in a great spot. Love it. You know, like I said, bro, I'm I'm biased, bro. I'm a I'm a huge West William Wesley fan. That's my uncle. That's my that's my bro. That's mm. my blood. That's my family. And um and uh and Leon Rose, bro. Those, those are my people. So those people have been really instrumental in my life. Um, they're very calculated. They're very poised when they make decisions and stuff like that. So. I know for a fact the Knicks are in good hands, bro, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna surprise you guys. And like I said, I don't think that I don't think the team was as broken as they appeared anyway. So I'm I'm, I'm not really worried about it. I want the record to show before we close. I want the record to show Randy J. Cruz, the great Eddie Curry, Denny Blanco. It's in the it's it's the retro room, baller's life. I just want the record to show that an NBA former NBA player that watches the game, understands the game, has a mind for the game, literally said the exact same things I've been telling you about the Knicks for the past three months. Say it out your mouth, Randy. <laughs> say what say say what say say yes that literally i've been telling you this from the beginning of the season he just parroted exactly what i told you at the beginning of the season say say it's true you want me to say it what i say is this eddie curry thank you man i love you i appreciate hey. it. <laughs> uh thanks for coming on i'm not yeah. saying that shit Eddie. come on now okay I, I listen i did i've said some shit too about your roster and, and I acknowledge. Like, and I acknowledge. You, no, you acknowledge not not me. the first day though. Not not the first time. No, nope, nope. We're not doing that. He said, "I." I. <laughs> <laughs> um, Denny Blanco as Sir Denny Blanco on both IG and Twitter. Randy J. Cruz on both IG and Twitter. The Eddie Curry on IG. Uh, Eddie, man, this this was fun. Two and a half hours, man. I, I didn't think I would get this much time with you, but needed to be. Needed I. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, coming on the retro room here on Ball's Life. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna chop it up afterwards. Uh, thank you, man, and we greatly appreciate it. Man, thanks for having me. I had a ball with you guys, bro. Anytime. All right, man. Take it easy. Yep. All right.